Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here on Monday, July 23rd, 2018, for episode 91, our season 10 premiere. I am Joe Morata still, and that's still Mr. Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Uh, howdy doody. Welcome to the 90s. Welcome to the 90s. 91 years of... Yes. Uh, since, you know, 1900, obviously. Yes, obviously. That's yeah. what we'll be celebrating today is right. the year 1991. We'll get to that in a minute. Before we get to that fantastic year that was 1991, I want to mention a few things. If you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter. If you have a Twitter, you can do that at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the number one place to interact with you and interact with me and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics is the Facebook group. Sure, it's number one. I hear it's Alexa ranking is going up that page. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a Alexa. top tier website. Uh, Facebook.com. Ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it, actually. Well, over there, we're not really on like the homepage of Facebook, <laughs> no. so don't get too excited. Don't get too we might be on your homepage, though. We might be on your homepage. If you subscribe or join the group. Mm-hmm. And you can join the group by going to our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom, the join button. It's like, I think it's green. It might I be green. Joined, I think know, it's I green. I haven't joined in a while. You know, I've been a member since the beginning. You founded the group, yeah, actually. I, I, oh, I did. Quinn actually invited me and made me an admin. Aha. This is true. Well, anywho, you join and then you're in and then you can enjoy the high jinks, the pictures of people we don't like, some pictures of people we like. The low jinks. The low jinks. Yep. Lots of jinks. <laughs> All kinds of jinks. It's, it's, it's very fun. Yes. Uh, we, we pride ourselves a little bit on being kind of very accepting, meaning... You know, if you're a hardcore fan and you know a lot about all different promotions and the history and detail oriented and match results and quality, great. But if you're just some guy that's like, yeah, I used to watch this in the '80s, yeah, that's fine too. I think I, I, think I have a new tagline for us. Oh, especially fitting since it's season ten now. What is that? <laughs> the most interactive retro wrestling episodic podcast in the world. Wow, that's... I think I think we fit that. You think we do? I think we're the most interactive retro wrestling, episodic wrestling podcast. <laughs> Maybe we are. Folks, let us know, and you can interact with us at uh, any of the aforementioned ways. You can also leave us a review if you have Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. We'd appreciate a review there. That'd be nice. And you can access us if you happen to be listening on SoundCloud. Maybe you click the link. You can subscribe to any of your favorite podcatchers or apps or any of those places where you get your podcast. And finally, uh, there's going to be some information later in the show about some friends of ours. We want to run those down for you later. And also a Patreon that's if you wish to donate. It's not doesn't start at nine dollars. You know, it's not. Well, we, we're not Conrad Thompson over here. <laughs> so he can call us out all he wants on this show again. <laughs> so that's uh, that's some great information. But Quinn, you know, last season we spent 10 glorious episodes on our new side job. I thought it was a great side career that we had. You know, we were independent wrestling investigators and uh we retired from the force last season well episode 90 
You know, they had a party. We had to nice. hand in our badges and all that. It, yeah. it, 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 there was cake, right? There was cake. Was, did it, you have any? was it cheesecake? I didn't have any. I, I, I didn't look closely. I just started eating it. I don't really remember what it tasted like. Too many uh, Coronas there for you, Michael. Well, <laughs> it was a retirement party. <laughs> you, you better go big or go home, right? That's and, right. And I got a gold watch at the end, so that yeah. was fun, too. That's true. You, it's a nice watch. Yeah. You should, should wear it, actually. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we were going to delve into the uh, the entertainment business here and do a little uh, recap of uh, the best decade, obviously. Yes. <laughs> the 1990s. What's that? Well, this was a decade that shaped, in a lot of ways, what we have in professional wrestling now, Quinn. Oh, really? A lot of good and a lot of bad things happened throughout the 1990s. And this season, year by year, we're going to break it down for you on a little segment that we call 90s in a Nutshell. Welcome, everybody. The revolutionary force in sports entertainment. As the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Oh my God! Good guys versus bad guys. The WCW. New World Order. It sucks. Ah, yes. 90s in a nutshell. Welcome. Holy crap. (laughs) Whoa. Where where are we? We are in 1991, Michael. Wow, the time machine just stopped over here? We are. We're going to recap some of the highlights and the lowlights of that great year that was 1991 in the world of professional wrestling. We're going to take you through some of the uh, some random moments, some big deals, some very little deals throughout this year. Quinn, I'd like to uh, to mention that the year opened, just mm-hmm. so you know. So this is very important, folks, with Vince McMahon announcing the World Bodybuilding Federation. Holy shit. <laughs> the World Bodybuilding Federation Championship cranks up. We've uh, we've briefly talked about this. We <laughs> we went over an episode or two of uh, Body Stars. Yes. All with cameo. I, yes, with cameo. Yeah. All I have to say is, was Vince out of his freaking mind I starting off this year with announcing a bodybuilding what federation? What a way to begin 1991. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? We would have to hear about this throughout the year, right? All throughout the year. All throughout the year. Into 92, this carried on. But this was just like a little ancillary thing going on. It was kind of like the Ica Pro of 1991. It was. That's like, right. It kind of was the same. Gary Stridham and all <laughs> yeah. that shit. The, the WWE of side shit that you didn't care about, basically. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of like Matilda or like, <laughs> yes. some, there's like other things I could compare it to <laughs> as far as like, it's just this underpinning <laughs> thing of the year. WBF, actually, it's fitting that the year begins with this yes. because it's like a present. <laughs> it is. Throughout yeah. the whole year, you have to see commercials for it on all the television yeah. shows. The premiere of the World Bodybuilding Federation Championship. And witness the greatest bodybuilders of all time. Who cares? They have a pay-per-view that no one buys. And it all builds up to 1992 when Lex Luger joins the WBF. (laughs) The big acquisition for them. The milk promo. Yeah. Of course. Uh, That's not all, of course, that happened in January of 1991. A bunch of other things. The WWF did the Royal Rumble, of course. Oh, did they? The Ultimate Warrior lost the world title to Sergeant Slaughter at that event. Ah, and this brings us to one of the uh, big things, right? One of the big things of 1991, Quinn, uh, you were talking to me about it before we started the show, 
was the, I guess, loss of confidence in the Ultimate Warrior and the transition back to Hulk Hogan as the guy. Would you say it was a vote of no confidence? <laughs> I would say so, or yeah. Or would you say it was a coup d'etat because they had Sergeant Slaughter do it? Um, It was a little coup. Yeah. It was a little coup There was some coup. Uh, it was pretty amazing to think that, you know, a year before, well, a little less than a year before, yeah. they were... You know, Ultimate Warrior all the way. He's anointed. Gonna, I mean, he was anointed. He was in the intro to Superstars. That's a big deal. And yeah. Saturday Night's main event. I mean, remember his electric comes down? And yeah. Ultimate Warrior this, Ultimate Warrior that. You got all this bullshit. Just, it's always Ultimate Warrior. And then, you know what? I'm, we're just going to hit him over the head with a scepter. <laughs> get out of here. No, no, no. And you know what his biggest problem was, probably? Well, he had many, but mm-hmm. he wasn't Hulk Hogan. Yep. And they weren't ready. They, meaning the WWF, but I think also the wrestling public, and I'm not talking about match, but just like the WWF fan, Yeah, weren't quite ready to let go of Hulk Hogan just yet. No, not at all. And uh, we'll, I guess as the 90s rolls along, Joe, we'll find out that the uh, the Huckster over there, yeah. he, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, and speaking of Huckster, actually... In February, the WWF, we reviewed this not too long ago, aired their last main event, one-hour special. Yes. And that was that awful one where Hogan's like Mr. USA, and he's he's basically, it's the big push now for Hogan to fight Slaughter at WrestleMania. Right. But man, did that main event five suck. Yeah. (laughs) By 1991, the WWF, while they were still doing pretty good, it wasn't 1989 or 8 anymore. And to go on NBC in primetime on a Friday night, it wasn't going to cut the mustard. Now, this, I think, is a big narrative of 1991 as we go along here. This slow decline, right? This is like, this is, well, for all wrestling, really. I mean, this is when it starts to really, like, hit home it's like it's the good old days it's not that anymore right it's not the golden era anymore no and you and i have remarked that as the year heated up creatively there was some really cool stuff going on well yeah and that's what sucks about it all is that here you have this this year that creatively i actually like a lot me too because you know we get nearer to the end of the year we get more tunny involvement (laughs) because because things are hot and heavy in the World Wrestling Federation. Never fucking again where there'll be reptiles. Effective immediately, the King Cobra and all reptiles are barred from ringside. This is bullshit! Reptiles abounded, Quinn, because Ricky Steamboat came back as the dragon uh, in in March, actually, right after WrestleMania. Right. Uh, And you know what was weird about that is it's almost like a fuck you to Steamboat for leaving the first time. I hate this, because... He's it's called Ricky the Dragon. Steamboat. Yeah. He was like the world champion in WCW only like a year or two ago. Yeah, in 89, that why great series. Are, why? Because I guess Vince can. And if Vince can, Vince will. You know, and he but had that. Vince s- should like money and like, oh, here's a big superstar. He can go in the main event picture, another opponent for the Huckster. I feel like in 91, Vince liked muscles more than money, hence the WBF. <laughs> another one of your favorites debuted around the same time, Quinn. IRS. <laughs> Can we just please for a second here? I have to say, because of you in a good way, Quinn, you've helped me see the light. Yeah. IRS was terribly boring. Yeah, I never could understand your love for him. <laughs> I don't know what, what these goggles are that people have for IRS, including me. He, he stinks. He's very boring. And I'll only say stinks because it's 1991 and you can't say <laughs> no. sucks yet. You say so. butt, you say yeah. stinks. <laughs> yeah, you, hey. Maybe hell, but once. Maybe once only, or twice. And yeah, you might get a fine from <laughs> fine. either if you're in WCW, the championship committee, or Bill <laughs> Watts, or Pizza Boy, or whoever's running it. And uh, that was Jack Tunney. Pizza Boy at this time. Yeah, yeah, more on him in a sec. So as 91 rolled on, 
WWF did not sell out the LA Coliseum, Quinn, for oh, WrestleMania yeah, 7. Yeah, I totally forgot about this. Speaking of downturns on business. Yeah. Join the more than 100,000 fans who will be part of the biggest WrestleMania extravaganza of all time. That was sad because they had started promoting that a year earlier. Right. Literally at WrestleMania 6. Right. And they're like, over 100,000 fans. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty disappointing, huh? And they, they used that bomb threat excuse. Which is bullshit. It is. And then they ended up being in the, like, I don't know, like, aircraft carrier. The sports arena, yeah, which whatever. is... It's dumpy. N- not glamorous. They they dressed it up with, like, the red, white, and blue bunting and all that, but it wasn't good. Do you think at, to that point, that was, like, the least good-looking WrestleMania? Because at least even, like, Trump Plaza looked like something. This just looked like a superstars. Two looked like shit. Like, that's, all well, the venues at two looked that's crappy. That's true. So, Quinn, in keeping with, like, how the, the WWF was kind of on a downturn... You mentioned NBC. They aired their last Saturday Night's Main event in April of 91. So NBC was like, we're out of this we're shit. We're done the, with the, this, this shit. This stinks. <laughs> we don't want this anymore. Yes. You try to do this Ultimate Warrior crap. <laughs> Nobody's watching. They're just like, where's my SNL? Like, that's what they're asking. Yeah, SNL point. was it was good in 91, too. Right? Now, Mike is this Myers? the Mike Myers era? Yeah. Is he coming in? He's there. Dana Carvey's there. Is uh, Chris Farley there? Yeah, because I love Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris Farley's there. I believe Chris Rock was there. It's a pretty good cast. Yeah, not bad, huh? Not bad uh, at so all. There's no need for this anymore, right? No, we don't need starting this minute yeah. event. And it was a bad one, too. Uh, the I mean, one, it's, it's okay, but it's not great. Here's the thing is that we're realizing retroactively when yes. we've reviewed these Saturday Night's Main Events and Main Events and stuff, there is like a sharp decline quickly. Yeah. And it really coincides around the time Hogan was not champion for the, you know against Warrior anymore. Yeah. It really is around the spring of 90. For whatever reason, if it was Hogan all together, I mean, as the time went on, uh, you know, Zahorian was indicted in 91. Uh, ah. not, not Vince. That would be later. Zahorian, and that put a bit of a black mark on the WWF in 91 also. Indeed. Today, there are allegations of widespread anabolic steroid abuse within the world of pro wrestling. Let's go to WCW for a sec, Quinn. Just want to give them some props. Oh, they exist? They exist in 91. They have actually, by this point, officially been just branding themselves full-on WCW. All their titles are pretty much branded WCW. Now, have they fully recovered from the transition uh, from Croc? I mean, 91 was a pretty crappy year for them. Business-wise? The it business? was. The business. Okay. But what they did do in 91 is they held their first Super Brawl in May. Ah, the main event was pretty cool, on paper anyway. I haven't seen it in a long-ass time. But the WCW world champion, Ric Flair, faced the NWA world champion, Tatsumi Fujinami, for the title. And uh, Flair won. Yes, this was a big deal. This is Flair getting the NWA title back. The, the titles are back together. Yes, they're back together. WCW all the way. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, within two months, by July of 91, Jim Hurd made the decision now to... he's the pizza boy, right? He's pizza man. Yeah. Jim Hurd makes this decision that uh, we don't want Ric Flair anymore. Yeah. World Championship Wrestling is saddened to report that after extensive negotiations with Nature Boy Ric Flair, stretching over the course of nearly one year, the parties have been unable to arrive at a mutually satisfactory contractual relationship. Okay. This is, to me, this is like one of the biggest topics. Of 91? Hell of 91. Yeah. This is one of the biggest stories. Jim Hurd's like vendetta against their only star really yeah like, i mean well not okay sting, they had sting, they had which, they had he was still pretty big at that point was, are you gonna say arn anderson is like on the level of sting and rick flair <laughs> get the fuck out of here no you're right I'm sorry. it's like hey you know that guy that's like our hulk hogan fuck him like, <laughs> we don't want him anymore what know. how did they think this was gonna work i don't know 
And what happened was uh, eventually Flair signed with the World Wrestling Federation. And what's funny is Flair's let go in July of 91, right? right. Just before the WWF's Great American Bash pay-per-view. WCW. W- WCW's the Great du- American the Bash. WCW. The WCW. Yeah. The WCW. That was a disaster, the main event. Because right. they had to insert, I think it was Barry Windham or Lug- one of them. The Lugerfall Windham. Yeah. 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 Championship wrestling. It should be a tremendous event. And chance of We Want Flair echo throughout the pay-per-view. That's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, but he shows up even more embarrassingly in the WWF. Uh, in September, just a scant two months later, he makes his first appearance. Bobby had been promoting him since SummerSlam. Yes. Now, I remember how this all went down. Is that So Bobby, he shows up with the NWA belt, and then he, he's like, I challenge you, Hulk Hogan, and he slams the door. Yes. Hogan wasn't even there. Yep. It's just a thing, right? That's, yes, that and then, definitely and then wasn't Hogan. he gets Hogan. back from it, and girl's like, ah, oh, your fingers are green! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's that fake belt, brain? <laughs> like, they just shit all over the NWA title. Right. And I'll give it to Vince. I mean, he scooped him up right away, as as he should have, and Flair had a respectable run. We've talked about it plenty of times. It was a good run. Yeah. It wasn't the best thing ever, but it was good. But this was just the beginning of it, and yes. to me, all of this, that all the stuff that occurred in late 91, from this point, mm-hmm. when Ric Flair Leaves WCW, yep. leaves it in a flaming dumpster fire. Yes. It's like, fuck WCW. Yep. It's like, WCW is kind of like done for 91 at that point, right? When Pretty Flair, much. Like, they're they're a non-factor. So, Flair comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 90, late 91 is one of my favorite periods. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Of the 90s. Yeah. I would rank it up there. Like, it's actually one of the best period yeah. of time in the 90s. You got the Flair. You mm-hmm. got the Hogan. You got the Underwear Taker. You got the Underwear Taker. Savage, which is new. Savage gets reinstated. Randy Savage ain't, you know, sitting around in a in a box all day. You got a Snake Roberts. A Roddy Piper's. Yeah, now, Rod, now he's Rodney like active. the Piper. You're Rodney right. Rodney the Piper's active. Bret Hart, big singles push. The Mountie. No. Just, all right, let's... let's but, Virgil! <laughs> well, although Mountie did have that good, like, big boss man jailhouse. He's, <laughs> was, he's coming off a hot <laughs> thing with that. Don't forget Big Bully Busick also. Yes. Uh, Sid. But, B- big deal. Sid, though. Yeah. But in all honesty, you see all these names we're mentioning by this, you know, August, I guess, 91-ish. Yeah, yeah. SummerSlam we and have following. a roster here that's like all-stars. There's no dead weight. Maybe Virgil. Yeah, Virgil. But although Virgil's having... No, he was like, over. Yeah, Virgil's having the biggest run of his career, even. Maybe. They have Virgil over. <laughs> Virgil is over. Maybe like Greg Hammer time was dead weight the by then. The Million Dollar Man's doing is going yeah. strong with IRS. the sensational Sherry. IRS yeah. really good? I'm kidding. You know what's sad, though, around the same period of time, I just want to mention. Yeah. Bobby Heenan steps down from managing and introduces uh, Perfect's new manager, Quinn, the coach. Coach! Coach. coach who, who is Coach. I have no comment. It was dumb. It was and horrible. Stupid. And Mr. Perfect just disappeared anyway. That so. back injury caught yeah. up with him. Yeah, that's the one sad thing is you got all these guys yeah. and no Mr. Perfect in the ring. And Although he he's with Flair. He comes back very quickly. Very quick. And in the prime of his career, too. He was oh, out. Oh, yeah. He was and out. He would have been a great addition. Oh. I don't know where they would have placed him. Would he have been elevated to the main the top part of the card after leaving after losing the Intercontinental title? I would think he'd be in the upper mid card, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would think so, anyway. Uh, I want to also mention here, um, not a somewhat sad note, but I guess it was more like putting a dog out of its misery. The AWA that had been inactive Ugh. since the latter portion of 1990 finally officially goes out of business in 1991. Yeah? Good! So that's the end of the the big three era, too, in 91, Quinn. The WCW slash NWA, WWF, and AWA. Now, no more AWA, which was pivotal. Right, which was pivotal for the 90s. But 
Uh, Smoky Mountain started up in the fall of 91. Yes, the first mention. of these uh, indie promotions kind of coming together. Yep. One one of the big factors in the 90s that I guess we'll have to really pay attention to as we go along, right? Yep. Absolutely. These, these, I guess, are they called indie feds by this point? Or are they, what, what are well, they known? Are they territories? I guess like, Cornette's vision for Smoky Mountain which we've definitely warmed up to since we started podcasting yeah, two decent. years ago. It's pretty good. It's kind of a developmental territory to me, but... It was like a throwback. It, yeah. was, it was intentionally supposed to be like, let's set the clock back a bit and let's just do wrestling. Like, think CWA or something like that. You know, like yeah. Continental. Yeah. Like, let's do this a little gritty, but old school and traditional. I mean, they did have the gangsters. They had some pretty cool it's stuff. A, it's actually a shame. You, you mentioned Continental. It's pretty damn... Sh- shame that continental didn't survive i think if they survived into the 90s they would have been like rolling yeah they would have been rolling (laughs) and uswa was also kind of getting off its feet uh in 91 as well jerry lawler jerry jarrett promotion kind of the merger of cwa now it's always surprising to me that memphis was still alive and kicking all through the 90s all through the 90s they were yeah so that's what's going on there i want to mention a couple other things here before we get to the end of the year Primetime Wrestling in November uh, took on its final format, Quinn, that being uh, the round table. Now, what do, you, what do you think of this round table? I think it's an upgrade from the variety show version. Well, that sucked. Vince in a like, sports yeah, outfit every week with that Bobby. Balls. And it's always like, make Bobby look dumb. Yeah, it's basically make Bobby look dumb the show. Right. right? Thank you to the footage involving the one in the only. You have to always show this stuff. And then it was better with the round table because at least it wasn't just Vince and Bobby. That's what I liked about it. Gorilla yeah. was there for the beginning of it. Although I feel like they just made Bobby look dumb on this show, except he was sitting down instead of standing <laughs> up. And, and maybe playing video better. games with Gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, primetime would continue on f- for another more than a year, but this was the final incarnation to, uh, started in 91. And since it's worth noting, uh, the Rockers breakup was actually filmed and took place in December of 91, and this is a big deal, Quinn. Yes, this had been building, actually, since about SummerSlam, Survivor, I want to say. Yeah, yeah like, like uh, around that area the of, of the time there. Yeah, like, I remember seeing, like, random MSG shows uh-huh. where, like... Yeah, they had Mark, a problem. Yeah, they have, like, a problem, right? <laughs> yes. If you think about it, that breakup is pivotal to the development of, you know, one of the biggest guys in the decade yes. being Shawn Michaels. Exactly. And one of the least important people in the decade, <laughs> Marty Chinetti. That's a good point. Meanwhile, Brett, the hitman fart over here, is is getting big. Yes, he, he's as start, well. He's starting to take off. He has that thing at, you know, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. wins the Intercontinental title. He finally splits, uh, which he couldn't wait to do from his uh, brother-in-law, the character, Jim Neidhart. Yeah. <laughs> he's a character. And, uh, you know. Uh, we- you know, Marty and, and Jim Neidhart should have been a team. That would have been proud. That would have been amazing. (laughs) The Rocker Foundation. Yeah. So 1991 overall, Quinn, in a nutshell, interesting year because you have a a notable closure of the big three of wrestling promotions. Yeah. I would say it's the formal end to like the boom period is like dead. I totally agree with you. But the big but is that the creative renaissance in the World Wrestling Federation is like skyrocketing right now. Absolutely. All this crazy shit's happening. We didn't even mention Hogan losing. To Underwear Taker. Underwear Taker, which is like complete surprise. Like, I would have never expected that in 91. Uh, Jake Roberts slapping Elizabeth. Well, heel Jake in general. Heel Jake in general is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, in 91, he's at his best. And I would also say, Quinn, that uh, WCW now had to find their footing for the second half of the year and for the next year and change of life without Ric Flair. Yes, WCW to me was in the uh, the wild lands or whatever, the... 
the, the, the Badlands, wil- the, the wilderness, if you will, the Everglades they, with Skinner. Yeah, they were they were they were off the deep end. No, no WCW. Yeah. I mean, ninety two is actually a good year. For exactly, that. they well, got their they, they got, got their, their shit, shit together. together. <laughs> I think because they get rid of Jim Hurd or something. They do. They get Kip Fry, who's yeah. marginally better. Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He's a little better. Yeah. Overall, Quinn though ninety one, interesting year. Uh, I personally do like it. I agree with you and. Man, especially in WWF, from January to December, what a difference in terms of tone. Yeah. Uh, roster was really bumped up in, in quality yeah, by yeah. the end of the year. Overall, if, if we had to give like a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle okay. to 1991, what do you think of this year? I'm going to go thumb in the middle, leaning slightly up. I go full thumbs up. I really think the end okay. of this year makes up for like everything. For all like, the crap? <laughs> for the earlier part yeah. of the year. I don't really think this year has a lot of weak points for uh wwf right all their pay-per-views are pretty good yeah all four are, are pretty good in wcw you know whatever it's WCW whatever it, they, it's not that they great. sort of are okay at the beginning el gigante is yeah. there it's it's a there's, it's a it's a mess there's really. some problems yeah. uh, <laughs> but folks let us know what you think of 1991 in wrestling what's your favorite what's your least favorite what did we forget it's 90s in a nutshell and we're gonna be doing this all season long as we talk about the decade that shaped us as fans of professional wrestling but when we come back It'll be our first Rushmore and Death Valley of Season 10. That's coming up right after this. Hey, fellas! Come on down and taste something new. They're right, Uncle Ernie. In your dreams. Pizza! Bizotic man! Chips! New pizzerias! Crank it with real pizza dough! Cheese? Spices? Radical Grub! Tastes like real pizza! Only louder! Pizzerias rule! Groovy chips, huh, boys? What do you say? I don't know! From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 91, the season 10 premiere. Quinn, we promised some information about our Patreon. Yes. Yes, we did. And uh, this, I just, we want to make it clear, we are not money-hungry people here. This is strictly... There's, there's no money hunger. There's no hunger here for the money. This is strictly if you want to donate to us because you like the show a lot. Yeah. That's all it is. You go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And we have very simple rewards tiers. There's only three of them, and they're one, two, and three dollars. Very easy. Yes, the easiest. I the would easiest say. for one dollar. What you get? You get a raw video footage of us recording every single episode. Meaning, right now, yes, this is on video. Yes, it is, and you can see what shirts we're wearing. Yes, you can also see like a lot of stuff that gets cut. I know there's a the cutting. Sometimes room there's cuts. Yep. Exists, and you will get to see all the rough cuts kind of around a, here. A voyeuristic approach, and that's just for one buck you get that yep, the roughest of cuts <laughs> the roughest the of the primest cuts. of cuts i would say and if you upgrade to two dollars per month not only do you get the raw footage still all those rough cuts for two bucks you get every other friday so that's twice a month on average the rushmore and death valley extra and quinn that's where we dive deep into the sublime surreal and bizarre from the rush rushmore suggestion list and maybe some of our own uh, thoughts as well yep if you want more rushmore this is the tier for you this is the tier for you that that's $2. Uh, it's about a 45-minute to one-hour show. Yeah. Every other Friday, you just get your own separate feed for it, and you just enjoy, you know, as you drive to work or something, or listen in your bed. I don't know what you do. Basically, Whatever you do. if you're, if you get to about, like, 
Thursday-ish in your week, and you're like, damn, I wish OVP was out. Well, this is the show for you. That's right. This is, this is it. And then for $3, that's just one more dollar. It's not a lot more dollars. Not a lot more buckos. No. Only, only 99 plus one cent. That's it. Yeah. You get, that's good math, Quinn. Yeah. You get not only the raw cuts, the rough cuts, yes. not only the extra Rushmore and Death Valley, but on the other Fridays, okay, so now it's every Friday you're getting stuff, you join us through our journey of WWF 1982. Yes, it's a uh, video show where we watch with you, basically. Yep. We watch with you and you get to see us interact and, yeah, and react react to the, the shittiness that is <laughs> WWF 1982. That's I'm right. sorry to say, but hopefully we'll get to 1983 faster this way. Yes, hopefully we will. So that is for only $3 a month. So that's our Patreon tiers if you want to donate. By the way, there is no commitment. You can cancel at any time and you only get billed on the first of every month. Yes. I want to make that clear. Sorry, no CODs. No CODs. So Quinn, it is time for our fan favorite segment, Rushmore and Death Valley. This is where each week we have put and we will continue to put four of the best of something, and it could be anything, onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And to kick off season 10, we got a biggie. Yes, the biggie. It is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... NWA and WCW champions. Ah, finally. Yes. This has been a bit of an elephant. So this is the biggest title to ever exist in the history of our sport or whatever they say. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, Shivani. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's not fucking around (laughs) because it is a big deal. This title until I'd say around 1985 ish. Yeah. It was the top belt period. Until the Huckster came along and, and you know, raised was, the profile of yeah, WWF, right? right? Yeah. I'd agree with you there. We're counting the lineage here, just so you know. From the start of the NWA title in the late 40s <laughs> yeah, through the kind of like WCW intrusion to it in 91-ish, right. we're going to include in the lineage, or at least worth mention, the international. Yes, the international heavyweight championship. And we're also going to include the WCW title that technically started in 91 and went right. until 01. Because it, it technically, because of mergers and all this yes. nonsense, it technically carries the lineage, although NWA will, would argue not, but everyone they recognized after that is garbage. So, yeah, exactly. Like Dan Severance, a champion yeah, for a thousand years. We're, we're, we're like, not counting no, we're that. We're not talking about that. Not that fork. That not the, imposter NWA, yeah. in my opinion. Not the one that Shane Douglas won and then immediately yeah. pissed all over. Not yeah. that one. Yeah, exactly. The one that kept through WCW. So, Quinn, uh, you actually picked this one. So I'm going to take the stick. Okay. In the interest of fairness, and because he came up recently as a fantastic color commentator, and because anything I know about him regards him as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and he was the consummate NWA champion in the old school, I must nominate Aloysius Martin Fez, Lou Fez, Michael. Wait, was that really his name? Yes. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, Aloysius. Mr. Lou Fez. Lou, welcome to Tuesday Night Titans. Thank you very much, Vince. I'm really happy to be here. It's my privilege. Not... Fez is definitely a legend. He held the belt for uh, what I'm seeing here is 2,300 days, although there's like an aberration or something. He held it a bunch of times, too, by the way. It wasn't just once. And he first won it in 1949. Right. He had it until the 60s. So he he won it like a little after World War II. We're talking about here, right? We're talking World War II. This is during an era. He or I should say he's from an era where... They liked the NWA did putting their title on a legitimate hooker or a stretch. Not not, 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 not that a, kind of hooker. Not like a Godfather hooker. Yeah. Okay, a not stretcher. That axle. No, not that <laughs> axle. A stretcher. Someone that could 
defend themselves because I don't know if you know this, but professional wrestling not exactly a business on the up and up at all times. No, it's uh, it's fake. <laughs> uh, uh, but you got to make it look real. Now, I guess Orville Brown wasn't cutting it when he first won the title or something because he was only a champion for like a year and a half, which is like that's like nothing back in the forties. In right. Like you got to be champion a long time. Then, yeah. like one year. Eh. Don't be. Don't be that guy. Yeah. So Fez had it all the way uh, on and off until nineteen sixty six when he lost it to Gene Kaninsky. This is probably not doing justice to either man, mm-hmm. but for the best layman's terms, I could describe Luthez. He's like the Vern Gagne of the NWA, but probably better. He probably is, yeah. I don't know how else to say it. We, I, would, I would say so. Luthez isn't a frequent topic of our conversation. This is venturing into vintage wrestling. Now, Luthez is officially only recognized as the champion three times ever. Three times, but he had long reigns. Well, not only just that, he lost it to people, but that they didn't count because they were like in Canada or Newark or something, like where <laughs> nobody cared. I'm as, not kidding. As like, Bobby Heenan would say, Newark is a foreign like, country. I don't even know how they hid the Newark one, but I, I, I'm just saying. Parts unknown is usually means downtown Newark. I'm not going to pretend to be a Luthez expert. I'm not yeah. going to pretend to know the whole dude's career, but here's what I will say that I know. I know that he was an influential professional wrestler. He was a consummate professional, and he innovated a lot of the style that we would go on to see. He invented a bunch of moves, obviously the Fez press, but the power bomb, a bunch of crap. Yeah, although he definitely didn't invent the style of wrestling we call professional wrestling. <laughs> no, that, that was, was Vern Gagne. That- <laughs> because, did he get, like, rejected or something? Like, uh, isn't, that, isn't that true? Like, because yeah. of Fez. Yeah, there was something, something to do with Fez and Vern. Ba- back in the 50s or wherever the hell they... <laughs> I don't know. But basically, yeah, to me, like, Luthez actually, what he is, is he's the constant that this other man that I want to nominate was to the title later on. And who would that be? Ric Flair. He's yeah. what... I mean, he, come on. Fez, to me, is like the original Flair. In terms of Because his... he had the title multiple times, yeah. whereas, like, not a lot of people... Probably no, be- before Thez. Oh, before Thez? No, because there wasn't really a title. Yeah. Uh, Ric Flair, though, Quinn, was the 80s for the NWA. Yes, he was. And most of that time, he was the champion. Would you say that Ric Flair brought the NWA title to the biggest prominence ever in the history of the National Wrestling Alliance? <laughs> because wrestling was was at its biggest point. I'd say that. I'm sure someone in San Jose, California that writes a newsletter would say otherwise. Well, you could tell him to shove it because this is our vantage point, not Meltzer Driver's vantage point. Whatever. I really like this match. I mean, it's it's um, it's still um, how do I say this? What are you saying? I'm not saying anything. Flair to me, when I think WCW or NWA, that like fine line, you know, in the eighties where it could be either. Right. He's the champion. Right. First one in the eighty-one defeated a. Yep. Uh, Harley Race. And combined with all his WCW reigns, I mean, he's like, what? He, when he left WCW, what was he? Uh, 13? 13, I don't know. 14? A lot. Yeah, it has to be 14 because they count 16, and those are the two WWF ones. Right, so, okay. So 14 time when he left WCW. And obviously, you could read that one of two ways. He lost it a lot, or they had such confidence in him that they constantly had it on him. Well, yeah, that I look at it as he... I used to think that, like, yeah. oh, he lost a lot, so he's not that good. But I, no, you know, it's fucking wrestling. It it's 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 pro wrestling. So what that really means is that they would just take it off him just to make a storyline, basically. Yeah. But it, they knew that they always had to like defer back to Ric Flair. Always, right. always, always. Ric Flair is number one or not? He's making it. Yeah, there's I mean, no way around it. Yeah, you gotta be born a champion. 
him and Luthez are like probably the most prominent champions and Harley Race. I was going to bring him up too, yeah. so I'm glad you did. Harley Race, you know, we make fun of Harley. He cut you in line that one time. Yeah, uh, that he, bastard. <laughs> he was the king in the WWF. Which, so we, that was stupid. But before that, man, I mean, he was the 70s and he was the 70s version. If Thez was sick, 50s and 60s. Yeah, so Lou kind of ended in the 60s. Race was the 70s consummate champion into the 80s and then Flair picked up the mantle from there. This is the world's heavyweight title. And when I say this, I mean it in all sincerity. The world's heavyweight title. Harley Race is someone that I really like. I love his promos. I love Harley Race's in-ring style. It's rough, but there's some hints of technical ability in there. True, true. He's, you know, not only seen as a tough guy, if you watch him, I mean, he just has this badass look about him. He's got sailor tattoos. I can't really argue <laughs> with that. Well, Gurria does too, Quinn. So it's... Well, that's true. <laughs> so Harley Race, uh, as Bill Yankovi would say. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Harley Race. Uh, yep. I think he's another top contender here for the champion shot but i want to get a little uh i want to get a little feisty here with you quinn sure sure what about the wcw title i was gonna think about wcw there's not too many in the wcw version of it that really stick because flair falls under that umbrella already i do think though that vader was a good champion now i I don't not gonna be rushed more probably that's that's an interesting choice but if you're talking wcw early 90s someone that buoyed the company buoyed i said he also bullied (laughs) uh when flair was gone 92 93 big van vader hell yeah uh excellent champion vader another constant i mean he didn't have the run that uh rick flair did but he, but no one did in the 90s in the early 90s vader was like your multi-time champion the big badass heel yeah the guy that was a threat it was different from rick flair because rick flair wasn't a big badass heel yeah but rick, vader was like power so much so that when ron simmons defeated him for it it was such an emotional upset yes that ron simmons would beat vader and he did So I just wanted to give a nod, especially since he recently passed, you know, uh, Big Van Vader. I got one for you. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, I really think that this has to be said because in WCW, he was a we're, big thing. And we're counting WCW. The, yep. uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Fuck. Yeah. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Not let's. Well, I mean, I, I guess we count all Hulk Hogan. Come, but yeah, I mean, but Quinn, it, to me, the majority of WCW was. Uh, okay. Wait. But the 94, 95 bull crap. Wait a second. Okay. Let me say something here. Go when, ahead. When the Huckster first came, mm-hmm. he bolstered the company big time. He gave them mainstream presence all from that first title victory. I mean, Mr. T comes back, you know. Yeah, all it's the, like 1985 all over again. Brutus Beefcake Sherry around. I mean, <laughs> Hogan's beating up women again. Yeah. It's a wonderful time. It, I mean, all is well. But, but Honky Tonk Man is yeah, there. Yeah. The Nasties. Yeah. It's but, great. But you have to say that that tremendously helped WCW. They were like, nobody knew who the fuck they were. before. Like, listen, I didn't really know about them before that. Until Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, who is this? I didn't know there was another wrestling, like Hulk Hogan's in the yeah. other wrestling. You're right. I'll I, give you that. Yeah. That's how I took so, it as a kid, too. So to me, even though the first run you associate with all the bullshit, really, Rightfully so. it helped a lot. Now, every other run until Hollywood Hogan yes. sucked. Right, but right. 
He had multiple runs as Hollywood Hogan. And Hollywood Hogan, on the other hand, that brought kind of WCW to the, the 90s, really, if you think about it. It did, and it was a modern twist on the old NWA trope of having the heel champion that was chased for a long time. Right. Because that was flair. Right. Hogan did it a little differently because he's Hogan. He never lost, really. <laughs> right. But not only that, they were invaders. They were keeping the belt outside of the company's control, which would, had never really been done. And how big a deal it was when Lex Luger won it from Hogan. Yes, and that ha- was great. And how and shitty s- it was when Sting <laughs> won yeah, it from Hogan. <laughs> yeah, but Hogan would get it back multiple times, too. Yep, like, then, when Goldberg beat Hulk Hogan, that was a big deal also. That was a big deal, too. Anytime Hogan lost it, it seemed to be a big deal at that point. I'll give you that. Anytime Hogan loses, it was a big deal. Except to Jacques Rougeau that one time. That was a little strange. He but... also lost to Ric Flair in, like, 99 or something. Yeah, but no one cares about that yep. era. Yeah. All right, Quinn, we got to put someone on. Okay. Is Luthez going to make it? I think so. He To me, he establishes the belt. Yeah. Let's okay. do the right thing then. Let's put Luthez for Rushmore, man. Okay. Finally. Wow, Luthez. We're doing it. But should we put Rick Flair first? No. I, I kind of, they're at the same level. I want to put both of them in. Double? I think that's a double. Yeah. All right. Let's make it a double. For numbers one and two, Luthez and Rick Flair. We got to play the sound twice. <laughs> Luthez and Ric Flair are on, Quinn. Yeah. Let's get into uh, some nitty and some gritty. Now, you're going to probably laugh this one away, but he was a big deal. And this is an NWA champion from the uh, late 60s, early 70s. What? Dory Funk had it for four years. Uh, Dory Funk. I, I don't... Dory Funk Jr., that is. Maybe I just, to me, I just see him as that guy with that no hair, like the hair that's like yeah. falling out or whatever. He looks for, like eternally. Yeah, he looks <laughs> old back then. He looks 60 back like, then. I can't buy him as like, a legitimate He's the guy that beat Kaniski, who was the guy that beat Fez, believe it or not. That's how far back we're going. I understand if you're from then, that's great. (laughs) You're probably not listening to this. (laughs) You might be, actually. I don't know. How old are you? Let's uh, find out our oldest fan that we have here. (laughs) Watch some, like, 99-year-old guy writes in or something. It's like, fuck you, Farmer Burns. (laughs) Like, Abe Lincoln. No, he's probably mad that we're not, like, including the Strangler Lewis. NW, whatever that is. The other NWA. Yeah, like, Who's the first? George Hackenschmidt or yes, whatever? National Wrestling Association. Yeah. Not the same thing. We're not including Funk. I can't. What about good, J- I can't with good conscience include him. What about Jack Briscoe? Another respectable. Again, those are guys that kept the boat going. Okay. Like for NWA, like after Thez. What about Dusty Rhodes? Any Dusty merit? Rhodes, I gotta say, he's a contender. I don't know if he's gonna make it only on the basis of he didn't have it a million times like Ric Flair or something. But then again, I don't think we're going to find people other than Hogan who had it like 300 times at this point. And when you do, it'll be in the late 90s where it didn't matter anymore. And right. that's like why Jeff they had Jarrett it. or something. Yeah, no, he's not even. I, well, fuck him. Like, I, I don't like him. <laughs> what about the international title? Anybody on there who uh, probably not, stands Quinn. out at you? I mean, what about the Stinger? Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, Sting had the international. He had the, didn't he have, he had all of them. NWA, international and WCW. Yeah, and I'll be fair to I'm not going to besmirch Sting yeah. today. Today, okay. I won't. But in the same way that like you really like Sean or I really like Brett. He's like that, right? He's like that. They're he's not... like the fans guy. Yeah. He's not like the best of all time. Right. Like, like people who were from his era who liked Sting. Right. They're going to be the only people who ever give a shit about Correct. Sting. Correct. It's, it's like how like Babe Ruth, right? Like, he is transcendent. Like, everyone likes Babe Ruth. Yes. So that's kind of like how Ric Flair is, right? Yeah. Sting's like the Bobby Mercer, who was a replacement kind of for Mickey Mantle. 
<laughs> okay, that's okay. Maybe that's you a know what I mean. Baseball comparison, but I think the Sean and Brett comparison comparison is apt because as big a fans as we are of each guy, we wouldn't probably call them one of the best champions of all time, right? Probably WWF, not. probably no, not. And probably I think not. we did that, and we we didn't put either of them on. No, with that respect, I guess Sting kind of yeah, typical. I like Sting a lot cap, yeah. as WCW's like banner waiver yeah, I, I don't and that's fine but yeah i know but you do because you, you think of the later sting but no, i look I at surfer like sting. sting to me it's like to me that's one of wcw's only like things they made themselves they did i yeah, mean you, i'm just not the biggest fan yeah, you know what i mean that's I'm, that's fine so some guys that come to mind when i think of more wcw champions right this might be a little controversial but i think a lot of people think of this guy goldberg okay, yeah when, because him becoming the champion at that time, he held it for 174 days, which was a while. It uh, was for the 90s. It was, for the yeah. 90s, it was. Um, it was a big deal that, yeah. that Goldberg was the champion. And not that he, he had a lot of reigns. He wasn't or really that great. Yeah, I'm just saying. As a champion. You don't think he was a good champion? I don't. I, I, think, I, I actually agree with you. I yeah. just wanted to bring it to the table. Is really, yeah. I wanted to see what you thought. I think Goldberg's is what he is, but it's not because of the title. Right, the the chase was greater than the 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 run, but a lot. But there are people who will remember yes. Goldberg as the WCW champion, and that, rightfully so. Yeah, his two biggest moments as champion were winning it from Hogan and that fantastic better than it had any right to be match against DDP. Right, and Halloween Havoc also. Yeah, and that how, would be, how it ended basically was yeah that was the downfall. Uh, so I wouldn't put Goldberg on. I think it's Harley Race, Quinn, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Harley Race is like, what was he, six-time, eight-time world champion, some shit like that? Well, that's true. And Harley Race is a damn good wrestler, and he's good. I mean, it's you know, it's not just the amount of reigns, but he was freaking good. I think, Quinn, it's Harley Race on, and then we'll fight it out with a couple of guys for number four. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Harley Race. Let's give him his due. I mean, this is the kind of an old-school flavor to this one, Quinn. Yeah, you know? definitely. Lou Fez? Yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair, and uh, for number three, Harley Race. All right, Michael. We've got Dusty Rhodes in the discussion, but we've also got the Hawkster. I mean, Vader, I think we got to say goodbye to, right? Unfortunately. Someone out there is going to say, why didn't you put Jack Briscoe or Dory Funk in? Fuck that. I'm tired of hearing how good they are. If they're so damn good, where are the matches? It's the 70s. Like, one of the crappiest eras of wrestling. I'm sorry. Like, we always go back to it and we're like, but why? Gordon's film room? Yeah, Gordon. <laughs> they are some Gordon's film room shit right there. They are the epitome of Gordon's film room. Well, it's amazing the, the, the coordination that is necessary uh, for any uh, professional wrestler. Well, it is our vantage point, folks, so. Give, send, like, give me a break. Send really. your cards and letters to Michael Quinn. Care I'm, of I'm tired of podcast. hearing about the fucking funks. <laughs> the funkin' funks. The funkin' funks. Terry was also the champion, but that didn't define his career. Yeah. He was just like, he. it was like circumstantial. It's just something that happened. So is it Dusty or is it Hagen? I hate to say this, but yeah. it might be Hagen because it of the reasons be, you said. But it might be Dusty. The thing is, is that Dusty was champion during a time where it was either Race or Flair as the main champion. However, yeah. Dusty was the heart and the soul of both the NWA and WCW. Yeah, he was. He was also the booker. He didn't need the title, but when he did have it, it was a big deal. Hogan, on the other hand, always had the title. And when he didn't, it was weird. <laughs> Which is saying a lot. Yeah. I, I don't this know. This is a Joe. toughie. This is a toughie. Um, 
All right. Is there, well, is there anyone else you would consider, you know, like no. Ron Garvin or not? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. There's no one else. I mean, we, we put Thez in. <sighs> to me, Quinn, it's Dusty or Hagen. I agree. I, so I, let's dilute it down to those two. Okay. What are the advantages of Dusty? Dusty was more relatable to the common wrestling fan during no, that period of time. Common man, no pun intended. He was also a face champion, whereas, Ho- I mean, Hogan was for 94, 95. Briefly, if you consider WCW. Right. right. Yeah. And that was what put them on the map. But there was also a bunch of paid extras at Disney MGM watching him, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, right? But he did He did uh, certainly elevate their public profile. Okay. You know, that's Hogan transcending wrestling because he was already a pop culture name. Okay. Whereas Dusty was so popular based on wrestling and right. nothing else. You know what I mean? That's true. Now, bigger mo- moments, right? Oof. Okay. Here's the here to me Hogan is defined in his WWE title runs the is title. Defi- is defined by two moments. Yep. Beating Ric Flair when he first comes in in the whole that whole pay-per-view and, and the big success it was brought the mainstream to WWE. Dash of the Beach 94, yep. And of course the NWO like winning it spray painting the belt those are the two things i think of with hulk hogan yep and the way he was last hollywood champion was losing in goldberg which was a cool way to go out now the, on the other hand yeah when i think of dusty Rhodes, yeah i think of the chase on flair i think of his victory at great american bash big big moments for wcw Without Dusty Rhodes as yeah. the champion, as the counterpoint to either Harley Race or Ric Flair, is the NWA's model as successful as it was? Hell no. Dusty had the charisma to re- and just the relatability. I love earlier Dusty. Like, I'm not talking 60s Dusty Rhodes with Dick Murdoch, but like yeah. I really like that 80s Dusty Rhodes. You know, Dusty Rhodes, to me, you know, he defines what a face NWA champion is. Whereas Hogan, he probably, in a weird way, defines what a heel WCW champion is. And some might argue that's not necessarily a desirable quality. Right, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. I think we have a winner, Quinn. Yeah. I think it's Dusty. Although, if we're talking about someone that was able to put WCW on the map as a major player, yes, it's Hogan. However, Dusty had... in unparalleled charisma like a unique charisma yeah he was an awesome counterpoint to rick flair throughout the 80s right and i love his promos and he was fine in the ring i mean he's no worse than hogan no and you know i think a lot of times we as like more northern fans judge him on what we saw in the ring in wwf Yeah, but that's not that's not the dusty roads that people were used to yeah in nwa absolutely you know yep so dusty roads I think so. I'm okay with it. Yeah, All right. me too. I, I, I think he fits the title more. I think Hogan is a transplant where... You know what it is about Hogan? That belt That's true. was not important to him. All that it meant to him was that he was on top of wherever the fuck he was. He didn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> you know what true. I mean? Like, by that point? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. However, Dusty Rhodes, the NWA title was everything. You're right. That was, like, the biggest title in the world. Plus, which one of them did the Hard Times promo? Dusty Rhodes. Okay. 
I think we have a winner, right? Yeah. Hogan <laughs> did do the uh, the, the uh, patch at the beach. He did. That thing. was good, yeah, too. Yeah. Hogan will be my number five if there are five yes, spots. Yes, I agree. I think I think Definitely. Dusty just edges him out because he, to me, he like feels like NWA, WCW all the way. He's homegrown. Yeah. So for number four, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Well, to recap for Donnie, our Mount Rushmore of NWA slash WCW World Champions, Luthez, Ric Flair, Harley Race, and Dusty Rhodes. Quite an impressive list, actually, Michael. I think Michael. that's a really good list. That's I think a that's list. a list we could mail to the World Wrestling Entertainment and they could put on an article on WWE.com. Yeah, they would do that, Yeah. All right. Well, let us know yours. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or join the group. Let us know if you agree, disagree. Who do we miss? Do you really like Jack Briscoe or something? <laughs> let oh, us know. Get out of here with that. Let us know. But, Quinn, I, uh, I got to give you one of the best. Why don't you start with one of the worst? David Arquette. <laughs> wow, coming without, out swinging, huh? Without question. Now, what was so bad about David Arquette? It's a celebrity. Are they serious? <laughs> like, to me, it's the ultimate, like, disgrace. It's like the death knell of the, ti- of the title, not the company. Of the title? <laughs> yeah, the death knell. The death knell, you say? Of, of that title ever meaning anything ever again. He's over towards Arquette. One, two, three. What? To be fair, Quinn, he only had it for like a week. I don't care. (laughs) He should never have it. A celebrity should never be the champion, period. End of story. Non-wrestler. Get out of here. Yeah, okay. How can you even, like, do you have any defense of, like, why that's not as bad well, Are you trying to say that maybe it, it made people like, oh, WCW still exists or something? Like It made people say WCW still exists. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Monica's husband from Friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy from Scream. Well, because he was in the movie or whatever that they ready were making. To, that's ready why, to rumble. That's why they wanted to do it. You're not a wrestler. You got to give your boy Vince Russo some credit and some for having some balls. Well, to he was do also that. the WCW champion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so was Vince McMahon, though. Let's be fair, the world, the WWF champion. Yes, but I approve of that just because, like, at least it was like it made sense. No, it made all right, Pritchard. <laughs> it made sense because that terrific rumble. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. He didn't win yeah. in the rumble. Never yeah, mind. Say, that yeah, wasn't exactly. Good either, yeah, but back to Davey over over here. <laughs> I, I can't condone that. Are you like? Are you serious? But what was so bad about his reign? <laughs> I because <laughs> the whole that whole week. I just remember, that whole week. That, I do remember this or till Thunder or whenever. It yeah, was. it was. He lost it back. He won it on Thunder and he lost it at Slamboree or whatever it was. That whole four days. I just remember people just being like, just literally like head. But were they talking? They were talking, but at the same time, Bro. not not good. <laughs> they were like saying, "Like, well, that's the end of that. Like, see you later, WCW title." That's like, true. Actually, like, people talk after bad things happen too. Yeah, it doesn't mean any pub is good pub. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, this was like the worst publicity you could ever possibly receive. Like, the I, guy from like the one eight hundred collect commercials was your champion. Out of cash. Did you know if you use 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T for collect calls, you pay the same low rate 24 hours a day, anywhere, anytime? The, the <laughs> guy that was family with the other Arquette people. Rosanna, Patricia. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Which is not, they're like a minor league Hollywood family as it is. It, it's fitting he wins the minor league the title. Are they Are they the uh, Anawai'i family of uh, Hollywood? Yeah. Yes, they're like the Samoan of Hollywood. For number one? Yeah, I, I can't, I really, can you, can you argue that there's any worse a champion? Maybe Vince Russo, but yeah. okay, for number one, David Arquette. Die, die, die. Get out of here. I <laughs> okay. mean, seriously. All right. Whew. Okay, now that we got him out of the way, Joe, you got anything? Well, let's regroup here. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right, Quinn. I can't I, argue how with could you. you. You're right. How could you possibly? Now, I have problems. Yes. Minor problems, as they are. But I have problems with uh, Ronnie Garvin being the champion. But Oh, hands of trash himself. Yeah, yeah. but I know there's people that are going to be like, well, he, he, it was weird that he won it, and then he lost it back to Flair, so what's the... Big deal. Well, why does he need to win it to begin with? It shouldn't have even gone two months or whatever it went. It's terrible. What I want to know, because people seem to defend Ronnie Garvin, when was he good? Like, what am I not seeing? When was Ronnie Garvin good? I got an answer to that question. When? Never. Oh, sorry. Because I've watched. When was he good? He was just always like, you know, a lower mid-carder getting wins on WCW Saturday night or whatever. Like, am I missing something though? Like, I don't in, think you're missing anything. He was an old fart. I didn't care about him. Was he good in like '71 or something? Like, what am I not getting about Ronnie Garvin? He's kind of like Goldust. He just was around a lot. Goldust was okay. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, Goldust is like a kind of guy. It's like you don't want him to win the title. Like, <laughs> you don't want the title. You like he? He's like ah. Well, you know. He's cool. Yeah. And, you know, he's it's like, cool. He, like, yeah, that's exactly. Like, that's, that's exactly to me what Ronnie Garvin is like. But at that point, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's there. Yeah. He's not too offensive. But then he wins the title and you're like, yeah. I didn't. We, okay. didn't, we didn't want this. I see the know? Jinder Mahal of the NWA champions. It's kind of like, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like people before Jinder won the title, right? They were like, ah, don't hinder Jinder. That's fun. Blah, right. blah, blah. And then he wins. And they're like, Okay, wait a second. Like, <laughs> so don't you, hinder- you, you expect me to believe this jobber is going to be the champion? Are so you kidding me? Don't hinder gender and don't be starving Garvin. Is that what you're yeah. trying to tell me? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep on the table. But what else are you thinking, Quinn? I'm sure there's more crap that's going to come out as we go through this. Well, okay. We have to. This is like a serious discussion. Is Kerry Von Eric that bad? We're like, really? All jokes aside. I don't think he's he's Death Valley worthy. I'll just step away from this. Okay, fine. <laughs> so you know, I'll take that at face value. No, <laughs> that's good. Not at feet value. Nope. So not going there. I'm not going there either. We don't do that. Yeah. What about Vince Russo though, bro? While we're at it, like, can we, bro? I mean, bro? Yeah. Uh, and I like Russo too. Is the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. There's things about Vince Russo I really like. Correct. Him being the world champion during like the absolute shitstorm of WCW. Yeah. Not a great thing. To me, this list would probably be dominated by 2000. <laughs> yes, cuz I always say this about WCW cuz I think it's unfairly judged by its like last 2 years. They like to me people look at yeah. it they look at 99 2000 and whatever part of 2001 it existed <laughs> and months. say like well that's the proof it was always bad like it was just always the worst company ever oh like, I mean no, no that's not true because I didn't even like it in like 97 well, when that's it was happening fine that's but most if you look Red at Hart the, didn't like it NWO and all that crap I mean I thought it was absolute garbage I understand your opinions my vantage point your vantage point but it's it's a little ridiculous that this era has like 
now WW was never good ever, blah, blah, blah. Like, but that's also to say that I think a lot of the worst champions have to come from like this. Well, I mean, Quinn, Vic Venom was the world champion in 2000. Oh, well, yeah. To well, say. fuck that. So he should definitely be it, right? Well, okay. David Arquette was bad, right? And, right. and this is not as bad only because Vince Russo at least was trained by Johnny Rods. True. I, I can never really doubt a Rods training. Johnny I Rods, him. he's oh. unpredictable. He's so unpredictable that he trained Vince Russo. Johnny Rods, please come on this show one day. I would love we it. We want Johnny Rods yeah. on here to yeah. explain why he always got fucked with the fast three it's counts. bullshit. But is, anyway. But is Russo number two? I mean, I think he is. I get, He's got to be, right? If like Arquette's number one. We're looking at the entire list Scope. And of champions ever. Yes. Vince Russo is definitely like on there. Yeah, if Arquette is, Russo's next, I think. To me, those are the two most the least credible champions of all time. Yeah, I agree. 48 or whatever. <laughs> like how bad could that possibly like all in the last year of the company? Well said, Quinn. Yeah. For number two, Vince Russo. Die, die, die. You have anyone else you want to throw on there? Uh, Jeff Jarrett. Yep. That was going to be my next pick okay, as well. This fucking guy. Let's man. spend a minute on him. Hold on. How many times was he the champion? Uh, five. I don't know. God, I'm not kidding. I think it was probably like five. Yeah, I think it's four, actually. Either way, it's it's four too many, then. <sighs> now, is he a good mid-carder? Yeah, I guess. Sort of. Okay, that's fine. He's good when he had the flashy glasses on or yeah, whatever. Yeah, fine. The, Intercontinental champion, Jeff yeah, Jarrett. Yeah, okay. Yeah. U.S. champion, maybe, Jeff yeah, Jarrett. USWA but, uh, champion. USWA champion. Yeah. Music videos. Yeah. Feuding with Mongo. Yeah. We're okay with that, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. Tag team with Owen Hart. Yeah. Fine. Managed by Deborah. <laughs> Is he the face of a company? Never. Um, you <laughs> Should know, he I, be? I would defer to my good friend, um, you know, that guy in Florida. Oh, Mike Graham. Broke a lot of guitars, never drew a dime. That's right. Because they never drew a dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. That's emblematic of Jeff Jarrett as WCW champion. Yeah. He basically took his latter period WWF gimmick. Yeah. Which was saying, don't piss me off and calling people slap nuts and yeah. breaking guitars. Piss ant or whatever. I don't know. Whatever he said. <laughs> Guitar that he couldn't play, by the yeah. way. Um, and he had the short hair, so he thought he was good or something. I'm not sure. Like, when he got his haircut, he thought he was good. After that, I mean, he was, he, <laughs> he, he was he, like, he thought he was poo. hot shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, so he comes in WCW and Vince Russo, again, who I kind of like. I do too, but I, I don't mean, agree with I don't, this. I don't like him as the world champion either. Vince, no. That's why he's on Death Valley. And I don't like Russo with the big push for Jeff Jarrett. It's like the worst possible <laughs> thing. Like, it's like here you got this new booker, right? Right. And he, imagine him coming into your office and you got this roster and it's like Kevin Nash, Better. Scott Hall. Better. Scott Steiner. You still have Ric Flair. Uh, you still. Yeah. You still you have, have Hogan. Hogan. You still have Hogan. You have all these people, right? Sting. You got Sting, right? Tons of great wrestlers. I mean, they're all older, but yes. they're older, but they're still names. Diamond Dallas Page. Booker T. Booker T. And what does this guy say, bro? Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? What what was this? Why did this have to happen? And it's only because of this that he tried to like parlay himself into being like a headliner of TNA for like ever. Yeah, he just used this as like the reason we should kind of care about TNA. He finally used wrestling as a stepping stone to something else. Yeah, but it wasn't worse me. wrestling. I, I wish he just used it to Music City so we never heard of him <laughs> again. But we also, you know what we're forgetting? 
What? And I know we weren't counting this, what? but what? Jeff Jarrett technically had the NWA title on the split off thing. <laughs> in 98? Like, when, no, he had no, the North in, American. No, in 2000, whatever. Oh, shit, with TNA. TNA. When TNA had the NWA title. <laughs> like, he's all over the place, but like it's always like he's injected himself or he's friends with the booker or he owns the company. He's right. never like legitimately like, this is the best guy in wrestling. Right. Jeff Jarrett is... I'm sorry to say, he's not a bad guy or anything, but... I have a problem with the guy, Jeff He's one of my least favorite big-time wrestlers ever, because to me, he just never had it. I don't know. Like I can connect with a lot of people. To me, he's the example of a guy that uh, politicked his way. He he was friends with the right people. He was in the right family. It was always... He was always connected to someone. You ever notice that? He always either owned the company... Or was, or, 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 he was, his dad owned the company. Or, or Vince Russo liked him. He sold the company, maybe owned a minority share in the company. That's true, Or Quinn. he was friends with the writer. You're right, you're but right. But the, get, get this, the only place where he didn't have any power was the only place that mattered, and that was the World Wrestling Federation. And what the fuck did he do there? He was, Nothing. at best, a mid-carder, a yeah. six-time intercontinental champion. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, Everything about his career is like he's got some kind of connection. He knows someone. He knows someone. And that's one of the things I don't like. I mean, you could argue that for Triple H, but I want to make one point about Triple H. He did work his ass off. I'm not saying you have to you don't have to like him. Okay. Yeah. You focus on him. You don't have to like him. Okay. I know Tony Cherry Cherry does not like him. Well, Triple H, you know, but he worked his ass off. He worked his ass off and he was champion before he was even married to family or anything like that. Like that was gonna he, be my he, next point. He got enough faith by the owners that like oh this guy can carry the title he was awesome in 99 2000 yeah he wasn't he even really in the family was. yet no he wasn't yeah they weren't even dating i'm sure they were doing other things but maybe, <laughs> they weren't maybe they were they might not have been i thought he was still dating china when he was the first time he won the title he was technically yeah, yeah. so is jared then number three yeah, I, that's I mean, we fair went to me. kind of off a divergence on this whole thing. Well, I wanted to like, because, she, but Jarrett really like to me. It's like Jarrett Russo, David Arquette, like <laughs> that whole all, glob that did innumerable damage to the reputation of the WCW title and any lineage. The it WCW, had. yeah. Well, I'm not only WCW, but the title more importantly. Yeah, those guys to me are what made the title matter less by the time it got to Vince's hands. I couldn't agree more. It's a Bermuda Triangle, really. Of... <laughs> yeah, it's a real piece of shit. All right. For number three, ain't he great? Die, die, die. Not. All right, Quinn. Not. All right. Number four might be like. Might be interesting. One of the best of the worst, almost. You yes, know what I mean? Sadly. Like, the least worst. Tommy Rich was regarded as like, why also in like 1980 or 81 Yeah, but he's or also something. a lot of people that I've heard who saw that at the time really liked it. It was like an underdog story. Because he beat race. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, I can't in good conscience because okay. I wasn't there. No, I wasn't there either. We weren't born yet. He only had it for a few days. Back to WCW, because I think a lot of it's going to come from the WCW. Yeah, there's there's I mean, and Ronnie Garvin. I think that's the only yeah. other contender. I really didn't like I don't know if I can explain this adequately. Okay. All right. WCW signed Bret Hart in November of 97. Okay. I didn't want to go here, but I, I was thinking this. And it's not even his fault almost. Right. It's more the booking. This really doesn't make sense if you really think through what they could have done. It took them two years <laughs> to put the world title on Bret Hart. Two- well, November 99? Oh, yeah. Well, 97 yes. he left. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
two years it took them to put the world title on Bret Hart. And it didn't matter by then. Right. They wasted two. And that's Russo finally put it on him, meaning Russo was willing to. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the WCW established people did not want anything to do with Bret the Hitman Hart. Well, because, you know, you got to have Hogan and Savage as your world champions in 99. Well, I mean, just only when it's the Slim Jim pay-per-view do you have Randy <laughs> Savage either win it or be the champion going in. But you get what I mean, right? Like, yeah. The reason I think Bret Hart is one of the worst WCW champions is because by the time they put it on him, it was too little too late. And then, and this isn't his fault, obviously, he gets kicked in the head and has to vacate it. Right. So it's like by proxy, by like, you know, de facto, he's one of the worst. Well, okay, that's a weird time because here's one that isn't talked about. It's only a day, but it's it's interesting nonetheless. Chris Voldemort. What do you think about that? Another one where it was way too little too late. Way too late, but this was kind of, to me, maybe worse because to me this was the ultimate sign and it was an embarrassment for the company. Regardless of like, you know, whatever happened like years later. Yeah. But this is more indicative of WCW. It's not really about Chris but it's about the fact that here's a guy that was really talented and did good for them. Did great work. Did great work for them, right? Since 95 when he came in. And they give him the title because they don't want him to leave, and he just gives them the finger and leaves anyway. He's on with Raw the, with the title. He's on Raw two weeks later. Yeah, with all those guys, you know, Malenko and Saturn and Guerrero. So, to me, what does that say about like that's an embarrassment? It says they had no confidence in a guy like him to be the world champion, which is unfortunate. Because and that's the only reason they would give it to him is because he was going to leave, only to probably fix a temporary problem. They well, probably would have, had he stayed, well, they would have just taken it off of him and never given him the title again. The temporary problem is that Bret Hart had to vacate the title. Yes. That's right. exactly why but he got it. But not even just that. They also, the Chris thing had something to do also with the fact that his contract was up, right? It was to, it was to. I don't know if it was to placate him. I think they needed a champion for a sold out because yeah. Bret had to vacate. Bret was kicked in the head in 99 and then Bret vacated it in January. I thought it was like the last day of his contract or something. Well, here's another part of it. Russo was dismissed right around sold out for uh, the first time. And guess who took over? Uh, Bischoff, right? Nope. Come on. You're one of your favorites. Oh, Kevin Sullivan. And who oh, had well, major yeah. issues with Chris Voldemort? Yes. Well, I mean, so of course. Did Sullivan put the title on him? Yes. But was stupid? No. Yeah, so if I was him, I would have seen the writing on the wall and gotten the fuck out of there, too. Yep, and regardless of what happened with Benoit, we won't get into how it ended, obviously, but I mean, he did get to do things that he hadn't been able to do. But is he the worst WCW champion? No. Or one of the worst? I think Bret Hart is worse. I hate to say that, but it's not Bret's fault. I don't know. what. You know what? Unfortunately, too, like Anytime Randy Savage had it, it never mattered. I was thinking the same thing, and I it's like, I love the Macho Man, but like, uh, WCW Macho Man is so cheesy and like yeah. even He's when he never was like as good. badass version it wasn't as good though. No, I'm not even talking with the women thing oh, that's I'm talking when he was NWO with the black and white but he wasn't Ms. the world Elizabeth champion then he won it once I think not when he was in the NWO, NWO version no are you sure Hogan had it the whole time Savage was in the NWO yeah uh, Savage I thought it was one really, after the yeah, NWO. I thought it was when, no, when he left, but he was still wearing black and white. Fine. Like, yeah. If that makes you feel better. Madness version. Yeah, madness. Right? Yes, yeah. you're right. But disappointment factor, right? That's where I put Savage and Bret Hart. Yeah. Is in a disappointment factor category. If that's the case, though, I would actually have to go with Bret for yeah, more too. disappointing because, like, me too. They, like, at least Savage had some runs 
He won like World War Three. That was exciting at the time. Who cares? I know you say that, but I'm. We're it talking, was no. You're right. The you, first time it, it was cool in late '95, yeah, right? When the title was, like, was oh, vacant. Oh man, Randy Savage is the champion again. I was like so excited. I was excited because Savage wins a title, and that yeah. was amazing. That was. Great. You're right. I yeah. was like very proud of him. Brett, yeah. they signed this guy two years earlier, coming off the most controversial match in WWF history ever. Yeah. He was the WWF champion when he lost that match. It took them two fucking years, a U.S. title reign or whatever he had, yeah. feuding with like Dean Malenko and like <laughs> El, El Kurt Dandy. Hennig and El Dandy. <laughs> El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, are 50 pounds Who difference. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Lord knows I love Bret Hart, but Quinn... This was botched. I'm going Brett. Okay. Listen, I'm fighting to put Bret Hart on Death Valley. It was way too late. I'm not saying he should have had it immediately. Yeah. I'm saying what they should have done if they wanted to do this shit right is have Brett fight Sting for the title in That's early 98. Yeah. Instead of this horse shit. Yeah, it's crap. Like, what were they doing? <laughs> I don't know. He's what? just like... Oh, you know, I'm going to fight Dean Malenko, you know? Yeah, he's just like dicking around with, <laughs> what like, the with like... was that? Fucking nobodies. Like, like, I love Dean Malenko, but Bret Hart should not be fighting him ever! Ever! Are they serious? Oh, he's five-time WWF champion as much times as Hogan had it, and he's like fucking around with cruiserweights? Are they fucking kidding me? Get it out of here! For Enough! No, for number four, Bret Hart. Die, die, die! Uh, to recap for Donnie, our Death Valley of NWA slash WCW champions, David Arquette, Vince Russo. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. I feel bad for Bret Hart. And Bret Hart. Yeah. That's our Death Valley. And this says something about the year 2000. Holy shit. Maybe Vince Russo didn't help WCW it's that crazy. much, Quinn. In, in the illustrious history. Of WCW slash NBA going back to 1948. Yep. All of it happened in one year. It's amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, folks, let us know who your picks are for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can reach us on Facebook at the group if you join it or email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But, Quinn, when we come back, we are reviewing something, and that'll be coming up right after this. This time, it's serious. Hulk Hogan takes on our rival Sergeant Slaughter in the WWF SummerSlam Spectacular. Hulk Hogan, I have declared war on you. Wrestling superstars face off one-on-one in their greatest challenge, a no-holds-barred battle for the WWF World Championship title. I'll tell you what the real action is. There's one place you can see the WWF SummerSlam Spectacular. Only on USA. Sunday night at 7, 6 Central. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode number 91. Quinn, before we review something, we promised some very important information about some podcasts that we are big friends of. Extra, extra. This is an extra. So we have the <laughs> wrestling podcast about nothing. That is W P A N. 
Quinn, this is a good show. This is a two-man show, um, maybe two and a half, and one of them is a, a, a wrestler, the Wine City Whaler, Quinn, Brian Malonis. Ah, yes. He's a great wrestler in ROH right now. Big guy, the big guy, Brian Malonis, yeah. you know, very big man. He is joined, uh, Brian is, each and every week by an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus, and that would be Mean Mike Crockett. And he and Brian put together this great little show where they interweave their own personal experiences in the business with their experiences as fans since the 80s and some kind of current product, a little fun stuff mixed in. Really fun show, Quinn, WPAN, right? Yeah, great show. Sometimes they got guests like Brian Fury or various other wrestlers in the New England Map Wars Yes, the New uh, England Map Wars, that's right. So check that one out. That's WPAN. It comes out every single Monday. So listen to it right after this. And also... Thursdays, Quinn, are a very big deal. No, not because of Frasier, not because of Cheers or well, Seinfeld. Well, aren't on anymore. Exactly. You can just go to Netflix for that. But you know what is on, Quinn? It's Greetings from Allentown. Jeff right. Allentown, right? Yes, I love that show. Now, contrary to most wrestling podcasts that have two or three or eight people on them, mm-hmm. this is one man, one lonely, lonely man, Petey Winson, Quinn. Little baby Petey. <laughs> Little baby Petey. And from Allentown, or wherever he really is, somewhere in Massachusetts, he takes a wrestling episode from the past, let's say from 1990-something, 1980-something, right? 70-something. He uses that as a backdrop. Right. Backdrop. A backdrop. Yeah. For his own personal recollections and uh, observations and anecdotes and kind of a stream of consciousness and sports. Antidotes. Yeah, an- antidotes also. A- antidotes. <laughs> so ch- you've never heard a podcast like that. It's Greetings from Allentown. GF Allentown. Check that one out every single Thursday. You can also find it on the Pro Wrestling Only feed. Always on that feed. <laughs> it's a veritable. Pro Wrestling Only. Now, is it veritable? It's very veritable. It's very <laughs> pro wrestling. So check that one out, GF Downtown. And also a shout out to Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. He's been in business a long time. The business. He does the business, and they do the NWA and the Smoky Mountain. They do the south of the Mason Dixon. We call them the southern version of OVP, southern fried OVP. Yeah, they are fried, too. <laughs> Don't forget the fried part. They're very, very fried. So that's Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. Greetings from Allentown and WPAN. Those are our friends of the show. And speaking of friends, you guys are our friends, you fans out there, because Quinn and I are counting down all season to episode number 100 that'll be coming out in September. About two months away. Mm. And as part of that, we wanted to invite you. We invite you to the OVP 100. Yes, 100 years. 100 years of OVP. So send in to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Send in a one to two minute audio clip, if you want to, of anything that you want to say. What what you like about the show. You want to make fun of us. You want to do an impression of me or Quinn. Your favorite OVP memory. Anything you want to say. We're giving you the floor. One to two minute audio clip. You can record it on your phone. We don't care. Mm. And Mick Price. You better do it, howdy ho. Yeah. I'm just saying this now. So is that like our centennial? That's our centennial, Or would it be like literally 100 years from when we first started? (laughs) I don't think we'll still be doing this in 100 years. Maybe. Well, we got 98 more to go. We'll be 130. (laughs) Yes. Then we could up the the thing on the the description, you know, combine 40 years. We'll be like combine like a century's (laughs) worth of, of data. That's right. Uh, will there even be wrestling in 100 years? Will it be in, like, space or something? <laughs> yeah, wrestling in space. It'll be, yeah. like, the sequel to Punch-Out. But, Quinn, as we often do on this show every single week, we are reviewing something. Yes, we are, unfortunately, <sighs> yeah. this week. So, a little very brief background. I tried to find an episode of AWA from 1991 because I have read that it did continue as, like, a, a highlight clip show. I don't know how. Into 91. <laughs> Based on this, I yeah. don't know how either. <laughs> yeah. However, what I did stumble upon 
on the internet if you have that you can find this uh is AWH <laughs> All-Star Wrestling mm. from November of 1990. So this is actually, believe it or not, from everything I could gather, the last original episode of AWA All-Star Wrestling. Now, it's November of 90, no specific date, but I figure it's close enough to 1991, and we're going to theme our reviews each year. We're going to give you something from each, each year. year. Yeah. So this is the 9091 review, okay? You'll have to wait till next year for the next episode <laughs> yeah, of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so- Coming 2019. <laughs> so... Quinn, by, by November of 1990, as we mentioned, they closed in 91. AWA mm-hmm. was on its last legs. Yeah, the, the legs were... I don't even know how, if they had any legs by this point. I mean, it was very dire. I won't make a Kamala joke. AWA was uh, had been on a steep decline since, I'd honestly say, about 1980, what, 5, 6? Like, 86, I think. 86 is fair, right? Isn't that when the Melts gave it, like, worst promotion or something? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Match. Before we even get, like, as I'm pressing play, Quinn already out of the gate has problems. I just said this is the worst company. Like, I, <laughs> there's, like, hissing and beeps. Oh, and it's not, badly it, produced. It's horrible. Ugh. So we open with who else but Nick Bockwinkle is back after what? leaving in 87. I, I thought he wasn't even here anymore. <laughs> right. Wasn't what, he gone? just come for fun? Like, <laughs> Is I, this fun? This, well, this isn't fun. This is more like a senior home, this, <laughs> this place. Yes, because he cuts a promo on Vern. Vern retaliates, and honestly, I'm like, what, they're going to face each other? No, no. Are they serious? Like, really? <laughs> because honestly, would you put it past AWA by no! this point? <laughs> you don't even have to complete that sentence. I know exactly. They Listen, if they still had the, the dough, those two would have still gone. I know, you know, they probably would I wanted would've. to say go, but that wouldn't have made sense. That would have been a nice rhyming couplet. Grammatically, though. If, if they had the dough, those two would go. Yeah. Uh, so we get a very poor opening. Like, honestly, I, I don't think it's changed since, like, 1970-something. It's literally the opening from, like, the 70s. The 70s, right? It really is yeah. the all-star opening. And by the way, they say it's the 40th anniversary season of well, the AWA. that's AW- unfortunate. <laughs> they, I, they should have ended at the 30th anniversary, because that was the last time this was good. <laughs> so we get a bunch of old guys in the intro. You know, you're Crusher, one of the Vachons. What, what, is, what is this? It's 1990. Get this shit out of here. And we're hosted by <sighs> Eric Bischoff and Greg Kanya. Eric Bischoff here along with former international television champion and tag team champion of the world, Mr. Greg Kanya. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. And I know you've got something in store for the fans out there. It's a real treat. From a very bad green screen. Yeah, they're like way too big. Like you know, the perspective's all <laughs> fucked up. No, we make fun of the WWF's obvious green screen, but this is way worse. It's like they're standing on, it's like as if they were standing on like the, a pillar in the arena. Like, yeah, like a platform. Uh, like, like way too high. Like yeah. something that would be like dangerous. It's, it's unfortunate. As they welcome us to the show, they run down a few things. We're not going to spoil this one for you, but Greg gives Eric Bischoff a referee shirt. That will come in handy later, and I'll tell you why later when we get to it. So we get a Todd Becker versus Johnny Stewart, and I don't mm-hmm. know who either of these guys are. And then we get a shot of Lee Marshall. They're with, great. With no mustache, too. You notice that he doesn't look right. I, he I, has I'm like just, a weird upper lip. I'm like, why is he not at the next Nitro? 
Like that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> At the I hotel. See. Yeah, he's he's in the wrong place. He's got to be writing his weasel jokes. Now, who's with him is Joe Blanchard, who I did not know. I forgot was the AWA president at this time. Old man Blackburn was gone by now. What? <laughs> so Southwest or whatever that shit is gone. That shit's gone. So he's he's, he's lurking <laughs> around here. Figurehead here. Yeah. Tully's like not even in anything. Tully's anymore. not in anything. Now, what's funny here? I, we didn't talk about this as we watched it, Quinn. They show them at the commentary table. Then Eric's like, "Yes, they're doing a special armed forces broadcast." What? That's Get usually, out of here. That's code in the wrestling industry for they already did commentary and we're dubbing over it. <laughs> that's all forces. that means. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan at ringside. They're doing a special broadcast this evening, Your Lordship, for the Armed Forces Network. So God knows when this was taped. You Imagine know? if that was like the radio version of this or whatever, and like it it existed. Just the right. like how those elusive like Jr. doing like WrestleMania ten <laughs> with tape. Gorilla. When, when, by the way, I'm putting a rocket it, man, putting it out there. Yeah, if, if you have this, can find the tape. Just please, there is no video. Obviously, yeah. it's audio. Apparently, there was like a radio broadcast. Please of WrestleMania ten. Please, we we need it with Chet Copic and Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yeah, it's I supposed, need to hear Gorilla. It's like legendary. <laughs> yes. No one can find. <laughs> so anyway, Quinn Bischoff mentions how uh, Johnny Stewart here should try out for the Olympic track team. More like Johnny Swinger. <laughs> and uh, back to the Olympics again. What is this? This is why this company went out of business. We're talking about the fucking Olympics still, still. And there'll be more of it later. Yes. It never ends. It never it's ends. It's always the Olympics. <laughs> like, fuck the world title. Let's win the Olympics. Like, that's not the object of a professional wrestler. That's They've right. already done that. That's the amateurs. Ugh. The ref looks like Mike Crockett, by the way. As <laughs> yeah, he does. We get a shot of Joe Blanchard again at ringside as a graphic very helpfully says that it is John Blanchard. Yes, and Bischoff covers. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, that's a baseball player. This is Joe Blanchard. Yeah, he, a whole explanation. Well, yes. He should have just never said anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we get a shitty elbow by Stewart for a two. <laughs> then we see Joe Blanchard again with the... Uh, the correct graphic. They actually go out of their way, which yeah. is like, it's almost like I'm glad they did it, but at the same time, it's like embarrassing that you have to go back and do it, especially in a pre-taped show. Why you even show that, that fucking out. clip at all? Just it's shit so lazy. Out. And you know what? I almost think that that's like just probably someone who's bored, right? There's probably like five people left at work at AWA headquarters. It's probably just headquarters. some guy. It's probably just some that video house. editor like just bored. He didn't get paid for this, that's for sure. You no, know, he's just bored and he's just like, oh, that'd be funny if we threw it in there. And then Bischoff would have to talk over it because that was probably done afterwards yeah, of also. Course. Yeah. And you said, Quinn, it sounds like there's a baseball organ in the background this whole time. The whole time. I don't know at what's going on. At a on. later point, it sounds like there's like an actual sitcom playing in the background. There's, I can hear like some like punchline and then like a, a laugh track like I'm not kidding and a close fist to it again it appeared to be the throat to me by Stewart on Becker I think it was Joe Blanchard here today at ringside Maybe it was family matters. Yeah, I, yeah maybe. It's, it's the ghost of last week. <laughs> Body slammed by Stewart. He heads up and gets thrown off by Becker. Awful, awful knee to the face. And I don't mean the shining wizard variety. Yeah. Like some kind of like flying, like sideways. Did he even hit him? No. <laughs> I swear he didn't touch him. So Stewart gets the win. The crowd doesn't react at all. And then we cut to the most necessary title in the AWA and it's champion Quinn. The AWA light heavyweight champion. What? <laughs> Buck Zumoff. Why? With a hideous like background oh, of yeah. Vegas. It's like Vegas with like weird like spotlights like four of them it's like awful. spraying into the sky. <laughs> it's so bad. He's got his shitty like you know the cassette player boombox. Boom box. 
boombox cassette player. Yes. Yeah. And he cuts a horrible promo as you hear people like mumbling in the background. Buck looks like a heroin Hogan. <laughs> yeah, he really looks. He's quite a heroin Hogan. <laughs> this whole thing is a train wreck, Joe. It's one of the worst shows already. It already is. Like, it really is. I can't is. believe how bad it is. <laughs> and I don't want to go so far to say it's the worst we've watched it's so not, far. It's not, probably. It, it's pretty bad. It's, it's like in the bottom, Death Valley. bottom three, maybe. It's in the Death Valley, yeah, I think, yeah. Quinn, of shows we've watched. We should do that. that Mount Rushmore Death Valley <laughs> of, of shit shows. we've reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> we should, actually. Yeah. So Buck talks about AC and Vegas and how he likes to gamble. And he also keeps calling us Stuart here, Stu Rat. What even is that? It's not a What, what is that joke? It's I just don't... like he can't. He's, he's. It's a dyslexia joke. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Terrible. Yeah. And then we get some unnecessary still photos of Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal. Now, I'm, like, confused here because the way they're showing this <sighs> Is like they died or something. Yeah, 1980 to 1985, well, he worked here. <laughs> I get it, but at first, when I first Career saw it, died. the way they're showing it, Joe, yeah. the way they're showing it, yes. it's just, it seems it's like, like it's in like, memorandum, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, Steve do, Regal. do you really blame me for like thinking that? Because later they show people who were like, Back in like the 1800s, who wrestled in the AWA? Because I don't know, you know, when on Vern's like yeah, barn, they knew Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah, no, you know what's even sadder? Yeah. Not only did Steve Regal like retire like five years, not after, that like, Steve Regal. Just, that's, that's what I was gonna yeah, say. So yeah. not only did he retire in like 1991 or something like that, yeah, and he was unremarkable. He's not even the most famous Steve Regal. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> and he was first. Anyway, we get the classic Monday Night Football commercial. Quinn, you are know, you ready for some football? Hard Undertaker, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Heartbreaker. Right, it's that <laughs> that one. that song that the WWF like made their own version yeah, of but, for like, some the, reason. The real one that I remember back yeah. in like the early 90s. Yep. So we come back to a very Dino Bravo looking uh, Scott, yes. Scott <laughs> Flash shit. Norton. I, I was half waiting for and like the stupid blue French yeah. flag thing. He's got a big chubby face. He's all happy. He's a big face. And uh, we find out that he is the world super heavyweight <laughs> arm wrestling champion. So first off, there's weight classes <laughs> in arm wrestling. Second off, why is he a wrestler if he has a full-time gig as an arm wrestler? What the fuck is this? And he's the champion, no less. Why you know what he, I mean? Is there a belt for that? Is I there a, so. a trophy, maybe? Maybe a there's cup? an armband. A cup? Maybe a cup? A cup? Scott Norton here is fighting Downtown Brown, not Downtown Julie Brown, of course, yeah, on MTV. Yeah, not that Brown Might fame. be a better yeah. match, though. Yeah. Not Murphy Brown, either. Yeah, not Murphy, either. Now, they mentioned how uh, Scott Norton, Quinn, is a contender for the AWA world title. Anyone could be a contender for this world title. I could be a contender for this world title. There isn't... This is nothing. It, it, it doesn't rank with any titles. Like... You know, we'll get to the world champion later, and yes. you'll see yes. for yourself why... This is a true statement that I'm saying. <laughs> it's a true story. Yeah. I think even honestly, like the most lenient fucking editorial uh, thing, Bill Apter's mags, uh, yeah. which by the way, don't call them that, okay? Just yeah, don't, don't call them the Apter mags. Sorry, um, even PWI stripped AWA of world title like Did they? lineage by, by this 90? point. I think so. Holy shit. I think so. Anyway, then why yeah. is, isn't Abner there at some point? That was like old. You'll we'll see uh, okay. that. Remember? Yeah. So anyway, you also have issues, Quinn, with the uh, ring ropes because they're only red and blue. Yeah. Okay. This is the only promotion, by the way, that I feel should have used the red, white, and blue ropes. I right. never felt it fit in the WWF because nothing about them is like American. red, white, and blue. No. But the AWA is literally the American Wrestling Association. Like right. they should have like a monopoly on the red, white, and blue. But of course, they fuck that up too, and they only have blue and red. <laughs> 
It is a little weird if you think about How it. How do right? you screw that up? I don't know. It's not hard. Clotheslines by Norton. I want to know did the crowd, like, did they get paid to watch this? I, I don't, don't understand what's well, Why are they there? Isn't it at the showboat they taped all these? <laughs> I thought it's so embarrassing. I thought that's like, where are they all retired? I don't know if they still are here. Is but... the ESPN show even on anymore? <laughs> that's the one that continued. <laughs> oh my God. In syndicate or in uh, reruns. So Eric, Eric Bishop, like, he oversells this match like he's Dick Graham. He's like, whoa, what a good match. You know? <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, it's really bad. And I like, come on, can Norton just win already? Like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Nobody cares. Who cares? We get a crummy bear hug by Norton that gets the win. And Quinn, you said you're very uh, somewhat yeah. Yeah, I, I upset said you, about Norton's yeah, lack said, of facial hair. I said to you, good thing this guy grew a beard because he looks like a fat asshole. He does. He does. I can't describe it any like, other there's way. There's no other way to describe him. Fat asshole. Like, that's what I see when I see him. So then we take a closer look at Scott Norton via a video package. We don't need a closer look. We just got the closest look. <laughs> That we ever needed to ever have of Scott. We looked at his bare back giving a bear hug. Enough! <laughs> we see him fighting uh, such luminaries as Colonel De Beers. Come on! He's a flapjack, too, you know. Now he's, all- he's also a flapjack <laughs> also- and a flash. And he has a rope on his head. He's also an ass. <laughs> Why did he have that rope on his head? I- oh, know, like yes. a head tug of war? There was a head tug of war, and they tied the ropes to their head. But it wasn't like the rope was... <laughs> there was like a face mask thing that the yeah. rope was... It was really weird. Then we get some still photos of a Hercules Cortez from like 1966. They have nothing, don't they? Like this, this, this is it. Yeah, like, this is it. It's like here's this guy that wrestled. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so, like as John Oliver, one of my favorite, you know, guys. Said, you also resemble physically. Yeah. He, like a, a clip like this, he would do the cool. Cool. And then we get a Norwegian Caribbean expedition with, uh, you can can have your very own cruise with Vern and Greg Gagne. Come on! (laughs) By the way, the expedition font was the Indiana Jones font. It was, you're right. But also, like, this seems like an excuse for Vern and Greg to still live the life (laughs) that they had when the AWA was riding high, but just like an excuse, like Norwegian cruises. It's like, we need pseudo-celebrities on here. So people can shoot guns off the boat with you or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what was that There was all a about? clip of that. Yeah, yeah I was, was like, what? what? Anyway, a handsome woman named Donna wants us to take the wrestling hotline challenge, Quinn. And then Larry Z wanders in and acts as annoying as a man can possibly act for like a minute. Well, here's three clowns all claiming to be an artist and none of them ever drew a picture. Who are they? Call me now. He's got to be the reason people like just were like enough. Like if I had to see his face on a weekly basis, I would just be like, he was, you know, at least he was only on for like 40 ish minutes on Nitro every yes. week. And, you know, we didn't even see his face. No, all we heard him say was New World Odor every right, week. Exactly. Why did he think that was like the funniest thing ever? He's an idiot. That's why. When eventually we have the death valley of like all wrestlers combined right, or whatever, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he can't make it in. You really don't like, like him. He's what? so bad. <laughs> There's a reason he only was the AWA champion. Like that was like the highest of highs. Eric Bischoff is with the Beverly Brothers. Of course, that's not their name here. They are the Destruction Crew, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom. Yeah, in front of a picture of like a building that's demolished. Why couldn't you just say Demolition Crew or whatever they are? Well, 
So the Mauler here and then the other guy that people care about even less, uh, they yeah. cut a very lousy promo yeah. about opening up a daycare center for, what is for people. This? Yeah. The great money-making idea. Are What's you interested? That? Yes, I am. As are the fans, I'm I sure. think the destruction crew should open up their own daycare center. I just have to say, within a year, these two hot shots would be managed by a guy in a graduation outfit. Literally, their claim to fame was having good music in WWF. <laughs> like, that's it. And if Mauler hadn't been, like, coincidentally the guy in the ring when Scott Hall came out, <laughs> that, no one would give a fuck. Those, to me, are the two, like, <laughs> yes. things I think of when I think of these guys. Guy in the ring when Scott Hall came and, like, Beverly Brothers music. Now, you mean the second theme, right? Do, 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 yeah, well, do, the first do, theme is... I know it was, They had it for, like, two seconds. Yeah, like, they didn't even have it long. And Eric Bischoff also tries to claim that like Madonna contacted the what? destruction crew. Get out of here. Anyway, uh, did you know that Stan Lane and Steve Kern worked here a while ago? Cool. <laughs> now we cut to a sign in the crowd that says "Wife Beater." What is that? I don't it, know. It's was also Steve Austin a, nearby? It's, it was next to a sign that said "Was you Conrad suck. Thompson nearby?" There was just a sign that said "You suck." <laughs> yeah, that, next that, to it. that one's amazing. Yeah. And then there's one later. It says "Spudhead" and yeah. "You suck." Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the same "You suck" sign. That's just we went more to the left, and now the "Spudhead" signs Spud over there. Head. Anyway, Quinn, it's time for our AWA Heavyweight Champion. I'm not giving it world title status either. It's bullshit. <laughs> Larry Nabisco. Versus Gentleman Jerry Lynn. We get a stall, the Larry stall and karate combo. Like, he just does that to start. He's the worst wrestler to ever happen. I know, you're right. Like, he's very he's, poor. He's, he's not good. Like, what is this? Oh, like, no, he's really good. No, he's not. It, you know what? He's frustrating. We always say the Coco line in the Hall of Fame, but I think we should have the Larry line. I think that's on the, uh, the property between Bruno's yard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyway, the announcers talk about how Larry's going to be in some blockbuster movie soon. Maybe uh, they just meant, maybe they meant blockbuster video stories and be renting a tape. Going to be, be renting Ghostbusters too. <laughs> Watch it with his fucking like nepotism wife there. Terrible. Their shitty popcorn. Anyway, we have a gratuitous shot here of the shitty AWA it's title. Bad. It looks like they spilled like oil on it. Why does it have a like a chain wallet attached to it or something? Like, you know what I mean? So, in a horrible sign of desperation, Eric Bischoff mentions how Larry has challenged both Sting. And the ultimate warrior. You know, the other thing that needs to be noted about Larry Zabisco is he's the only world wrestling champion that is issued, he has standing challenges issued to Sting, to the ultimate warrior. No! Never! Larry Zabisco is like so minor, okay? He's so minor that the best he ever did when he didn't have nepotism on his side right. was like the TV title <laughs> yeah, yeah. like in WCW. Like, think about this. He went from being the world champion of a promotion right. to being like an lower mid Carter. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's supposed to be a big deal. He's not good. He's terrible. He would also, this is the funniest part in all this, right? Because Bischoff and Greg Gagne, who sound the same, by the way, right. the whole show, yep. like it's hard to tell who's talking, they're raving about how he's a real, you know, he's a real champion. He'll fight Sting, he'll fight Warrior. He was in WCW in like a week, I swear, in wait, December. Wait, wait, a week after like this? Like in December, he's there. <laughs> Come on. Unbelievable. I, if Vern had grand plans of coming back in 91, <laughs> he, he had relied on Larry, his son-in-law, and Larry just fucks him over. What a dick. He also wins with a vertical suit play, and Greg calls him the world's best athlete. 
lies. The fuck is he talking complete about? lies. He's the world's worst wrestler. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I'm not gonna. I He's won't give him there, that though. title. But I mean, no. like that. Silva the, might if there, have something to say about that. If he that. had worlds, anything. Yeah. It's not really champion. Most because annoying wrestler. He's not really the best. No. He's just annoying or worst or yeah. just a complete joke. He really likes Bruno's yard, though. Yeah. He Lee, really likes hair on his chest too. We <laughs> Marshall narrates some like. We just get like a, a story of like Larry Zabisco's last year or two. Like Great. I don't understand yeah. this. There was a battle royal in '89 to determine the new champion, and Bill Apter's there with a nice suit on, and and maybe that's when mm-hmm. he decided like this can't be. Yeah, that was the last. World title it's status. like Larry Zabisco wins it. It's just like, oh come on, like enough. You're not being recognized. It's Larry Zabisco. Are we are we really serious right now? Really? Uh, and in the finals of the battle royal, I guess the last two. What is this? You can pin, but you can also do the over the top rope thing stupid larry z faces a, a guy that sounds like gorilla monsoon named the yeah, z-man tom zank he's there larry wins i hate this i hate it it's horrible it should never happen yeah but there's, i never want to see it again there's more quinn because as tony the tiger here blathers on we get a nice clip of larry Zabisco facing mr saito mr i threw like a brick through burger king thing wendy's more mcdonald's no wasn't it mcdonald's i don't know but anyway how is this guy, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't even He's be asking that better, question though. because at least he was in the World Wrestling Federation and he was a champion. Yeah, Zabisco was never a champion there. No. Nobody would ever, like, anybody of worth or value that didn't have, like, a relationship with this guy, yeah. like, through blood or family or whatever, yeah. would ever, like, make him anything more than the TV some, champion some or some guy that loses to like earthquake or something <laughs> like I don't know so then at the Tokyo don't wait wait a second AWA like somehow like sauntered into the New Japan Tokyo I, Dome show it, in January you know I will say this now that I know New Japan a little bit they do occasionally like work with like the NWA even to this day so you know what's funny about this this match probably it wasn't what? even like the main event Oh no! It was, way. it was probably like the second match on the card <laughs> at, the t- like, at some other show. In a more frustrating move, we get to see clips of Larry versus Mr. Saito, but we have to hear Larry also doing color commentary. Right, and for he's the saying match. he got ripped off and yeah. all this. Even when he didn't, it's like a clean like yeah roll up. He just lost. He also says that he didn't come to Japan to do the Hulk Hogan steroid cartoon. What even? What does that mean? He sh- he should wish that WWF would have hired his ass in 1990. Nobody would ever hire. Like his honestly, ass. like WCW took him and they did nothing with him because that, he was exactly what he should have been in WCW. Yeah, a mediocre TV champion and then a mediocre announcer that said New World Odor over right. and over I and odor a, again. I have a feeling the only reason he stayed in WCW was because he came over with Bischoff from AWA. Probably. When Bischoff rose to power, he kept Larry around. Why would Vince want him anyway? Vince like, would what never, is there to do with him? No, Vince would never want he him. He stinks. He existed in the pre-Vince McMahon, yeah. Vincent K. McMahon era. And that was his usefulness to the WWF was, was that somebody feud. for Bruno to beat. <laughs> yeah, literally. So anyway, Saito wins. Lee Marshall is trying to compare this to Tyson Douglas. No, just no. It's not. It's e- all be just because it took place in Japan. That's literally. Yeah, because Larry Zabisco is not Mike Tyson. He calls it like the Japan Wrestling Federation, which <laughs> yeah. is clearly New Japan. It's, not it's a like thing. it's not even close. <laughs> so then they had a rematch at Super Clash Four. Which raise your hand if you knew that happened. I didn't. <laughs> that there was a fourth one. Why did it have the Survivor Series like <laughs> like know. stone font? I don't did you know. notice that? Yeah, maybe it was on sale. It's like they just ripped off that. And Bockwinkle was the special ref for the Super Clash. Why are we watching all these clips of Larry Zabisco? Because there's nothing else. There's nothing left, Joe. I think they've, like, ran out of film with <laughs> wrestling on it. 
Uh, Larry wins with a double pin spot, and then we see Larry doing a bunch of pile drivers, and then we get a commercial yeah. <laughs> with yeah. zero irony. Like yeah. it starts off like it's some fake commercial. Yeah, Conway Twitty in his greatest hits album. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. Conway Twitty. You know, if Kitty Carlisle married Conway Twitty, she'd be Kitty Twitty. Oh, shit. He's really quite a character. He kind of looks like Liberace. He looks like Rod Trongard met Liberace yeah. and they went shopping together. Yeah. <laughs> Gave it to some other guy. Now, I guess maybe there's fans of Conway Twitty well, you that get listen that, to the show. You're going to get his album on CD, Quinn. Well, it's also on cassette and record, <laughs> yeah. too. In 90. The thing is, is that the little blue screen with like the address, yeah. they didn't say no CODs. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they because might take they're, them. they're asking for it. They're cruising for a bruising. <laughs> like I could just not pay them, make an order and like be like, look, you have to come cash on demand, you know, <laughs> you know. So then we come back to a close up of an Olympic medal. What? <laughs> ah! How? How did it? And this is Joe. This whole thing mm-hmm. is a complete waste of time. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. With professional wrestling whatsoever. <laughs> yes. Please, please <sighs> go through it. Okay, so some guy named Dr. Dennis Kozlowski won this gold medal. In Why is he a doctor? <laughs> Greco-Roman, hang on. <laughs> in Greco-Roman for the U.S. in 1988. And he's explaining it, and his voice cracks as he says chiropractic. Chiropractic. Yes, he's, he's a doctor of chiropractic. Or what, what, yeah, that's fine. What, what is, what is, how do you say that? Doctor Ch- of chiropractic. Chiropractic. He's a chiropractitioner. Chiropractory. So then Eric, <laughs> so Eric has him tease a return at the 92 Olympics. And he's like, I don't know, maybe. Did this guy ever wrestle in pro wrestling? I don't ever? think so. I've never heard of him. Get out of here, amateur. <laughs> he also has all the charisma of one of the Hart sisters. <laughs> uh, it seems like people that weren't in my family got to write whatever they wanted. And that was like, um, you know, praised like. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, Eric pulls an Art Donovan here, and he has. To, <laughs> yes, it's so good. He's like, "How much do you weigh?" And he's like, "I don't know, two twenty eight, two thirty. He's like, "I don't know." I feel like Art should have sauntered in and been like, "Thanks, like, <laughs> hey, thank you for asking the guy with the thing. Can you kind of do that with the thing?" As he like writes it down on like a note legal pad or something. Hey, hey Randy, do you ever hear this guy? I said, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> so anyway, we get a shot of Jimmy Snooker from nineteen seventy whatever, and then they act Quinn because they're yes, putting these. I hate this is bad. They're putting yeah. times yeah. on there of like yeah. when these people worked there. For Snooka, they put 1972 to 1988. With no breaks. Like, yeah. He as was if, just there the whole time. As if he was always Get out there. Of here. No. And don't act like he made his name here. The WWF was like dead when he made his name there, but yeah. it, he made his name there. By 84, like, he yeah. was a really big 83 yeah. even, he was yeah. a really big deal. Right, exactly. You know, seriously. Yeah. So uh, go on that cruise, okay, and then hotline, and then we take you all the way back, Quinn, to December. 14th, 1973, in Chicago. Uh, because Eric mm. Bischoff is now in the booth or in the green screen closet yeah. with Nick Bockwinkle and Vern Gagne. And now Eric is wearing Quinn, that referee shirt. This is so bad. Are they even showing the match, debating? <laughs> is the main event just showing Vern reminiscing? <laughs> like, I don't get this. This is ridiculously bad. So, like, we literally see a few minutes of clips of Nick Bockwinkle and Vern wrestling from 1973. And the big questions from Eric are, how does it feel to be sitting here? 
My answer is pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty bad. I'm sitting here too, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Ask me. Do, like, do you, do you want to watch this? Is what he should be asking the, the camera. Yeah. Like, literally, it's just the two of these guys, like half interestedly, half acidly, poorly talking about a rest hold from 17 years ago. Vern says Charlie Horse, and then Vern acts like he's going in for ankle surgery because of this match in two weeks. He doesn't act like he says he's yeah, going in because an- of ankle. this match. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying ridiculous. Why is this on TV? What the, like, really? It's insane. Why is this Why is this on their show? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's so bad. If you can take the man's legs out from underneath him, uh, wrestling probably gives him a little bit more advantage. You couldn't do anything in basketball or football or any of the tennis sports. But in this game, uh, if Vern doesn't have that leg underneath him, then there's a good chance that he's truly incapacitated. I don't know how Vern, like, was even hanging on for hope. Did he, like, watch the bullshit that he just, like, put on film or videotape or whatever the fuck he was using? <laughs> Kinescope, yeah. what is this? So, uh, more of the toehold. Quinn, you said there's a reason this promotion doesn't exist anymore. Yep, that, this is it. Vern Ganya. <laughs> yep, Vern is the number one culprit, and this piss-poor garbage. And then the video just clips. Good enough. I, Good enough. enough. We don't enough. need to go search. No, no, no. I don't really care what the real date of this is. It's yeah. just, it should never be watched by humans. <laughs> like it's, it's not it, fit for human consumption. Yep, yep, basically. And that, my friends, is the fond farewell uh, in 1991, it would be, of the AWA to tie in nicely yeah. to our, our theme year here for 1991. Now, Quinn, oh my God, that was, yeah, that's probably in the top four, top five of Holy ho- shit. horrible shows. Like, I just... I don't even understand. I don't. There was nothing. That, how did nothing they, mattered? How did anybody really like think this would survive by this I don't point? Know. By November, right? Like, I, I have no idea what they were. This is worse than anything that out of the end of WCW. This, this is, is this is worse. Just look at what's going on in 1990. It's worse than all of it. It's worse than all of it. it. Didn't 1990 have the ding dongs in it? I want to say. Like, <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, yeah it was so, Jim Hurd era and WWF Survivor Series '90 around this time wasn't that great. The Ultimate Survivor match, gobbledygooker. Yeah, gobbledygooker set for action. This is still worse because yeah. at the end of the show, Ferengania and Nick Bockwinkel are wrestling in 1973. Yep, that's and oh, and Olympics. That to me but, says all you need to know is is that they're showing a match from the 70s. They're just like reminiscing. That's literally what it was. They were like happy. They weren't even like mad at each other. Yeah, it, they might as well be saying like, "Yep, this was when it was good." <laughs> like, and it's not now. It's not now. And folks, we we thank you for joining us here. As we uh, we've done 1991. You know, we started off the show with a little reminiscing of 1991, and this would soon be uh, the demise of the AWA. But next week, hopefully, Quinn, things get better as we will delve into 1992. Until that time, be sure to reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Send in those clips for OVP 100. And of course, join the Facebook group if you haven't yet. And if you want to donate, that is patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But we will see you next week for 1992. Until then, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are saying so long. See ya. I've been down to see my lawyer, that's right. And I got my name on the dotted line to put up my next paycheck against your paycheck if that's what it takes to get you in the ring. That's right, next time we wrestle, my percentage of the gate and your percentage of the gate and my light heavyweight championship belt will be on the line. Now, if that doesn't get you out of hiding and bring you down to wrestle, I don't know what it takes. You know that I like to gamble a little bit.
You know I'm a party guy. I like to go to Atlantic City. I like to go to Las Vegas. And if this is what it takes for me to give you my wages, you know the rock and roller's dead serious when he puts his money on the line, Stu Rat. So you come on down. Perfect.